It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino at chumbacasino.com. Choose from hundreds of social casino-style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly, plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. VGW Void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions. 18 plus. Leading recall candidate Larry Elder was attacked by white liberals, a woman wearing a gorilla mask, and they were throwing eggs at him. And I believe someone with Larry actually got punched in the face because these people are completely out of their minds. As you know, there is a recall looming. The election is on the 14th. I believe it's September 14th. And this could mean that Larry Elder becomes governor. Now, the polls have started swinging in favor of Gavin Newsom, the Democrat. And there's been a big push from Democrats to, quote, unquote, stop the Republican recall. But we'll see. It's yet to be seen. I think the data is actually still favorable for those who oppose Newsom. Again, yet to be seen. Regardless, I'm not surprised to see this, this, this kind of attack. It's, it's absolutely disgusting. So we'll get into stories like that. We also got Joe Rogan. Questioning whether he should sue CNN because CNN's Aaron Burnett said that Joe Rogan ingested livestock medicine. We got a lot to break down. Joe Biden apparently defying his handlers by saying I'm supposed to leave and then not leaving. This is going to be real interesting. And now he's trying to dismantle this nonpartisan military panel. So it should get pretty interesting. We got a couple of great guests. We are being joined by Pennsylvania Senate candidate Sean Parnell. You want to just give a brief introduction? Hey, I'm Sean. Uh, I'm running for Senate in, in Pennsylvania. Um, endorsed and, by Trump? Uh, just recently endorsed by Trump. Uh, I'm an Afghanistan combat veteran. Uh, and now I write books for a living and come on your podcast a lot. Right? Yes, so. I love it. And we also have got libertarian podcast host Peter Quinones. Do you want to introduce yourself? I pronounced that right, right? Yeah, man. All Pretty right. good. Uh, host of the Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast and executive producer of the Monopoly the Monopoly on violence, which is a documentary about the state mm-hmm. and anarcho-capitalism and libertarianism in general, and that is on Amazon Prime. And yeah, thanks for having Man, me. Man, I feel like we just we, we needed to have a socialist in the room to balance things out. <laughs> oh, I could do that. I'll do that for you. <laughs> do that for What's us. up, everybody? I'm Ian Crossland. I'm a socialist, and uh, <laughs> I like social programs. I, actually, I find myself on the libertarian right these days. Go game stonks. Yeah. We were just talking really? about like the popularity. Tim, you were saying there's six different political factions at this point. New York Times wrote an article where they're like, here are the six political factions within the parties right now. And it, it, I think it makes a lot of sense. They say like the Growth and Opportunity Party are like the Trump supporters, right-wing populists, American populists, and they're not Christian conservatives because the Christian conservative is a separate party. And I, I think that makes sense. So honestly. to find myself as a populist, uh, conservative populist just blows my mind. I mean, I'm as liberal. You're theater, not conservative. Theater, not really, no, not but I identify with that movement right now. Isn't that the weirdest ways. thing, though, that like Ian can sit here and say a bunch of things that people in the chat are like, Ian is clearly a leftist, but they will call him right wing <laughs> mm-hmm. by simply hanging out, having these conversations, saying saying the Democrats are bad or whatever. It's all it takes. It's, but all right, we'll get some of that balance. It's I, I not suppose. real hard, man. When, yeah, when you have the left dominating everything, it's real easy to react and go right. Mm-hmm. Yep, and yep. Especially if you're a logical thinker. Yeah, and you're seeing the size and scope of the federal government grow grow in ways that we have never seen before in this country, and not just not just bureaucracy, but the way that they track people, uh, people's movements, social media, all that stuff just creates a sense of, of I think, fear among people who are afraid of losing losing their their freedom. But I think 
you know, you can look at Australia and you can see the quarantine camps and all the insanity they're doing with tracker apps and all that craziness. I think the U.S. would shatter until a million pieces before that would happen here. Because you, West Virginia is not going to be like on board with that. These, these, these mountain folk are going to be like, come and take it. You know what I mean? But we'll get into all this stuff. We also got Lydia. She's pressing all the buttons. I am the corner. Today I was reading that Australia is confiscating alcohol from Australians whom they've put into lockdown. So I'm really curious if that is what lights this on fire. So I guess we'll find out. You can take a lot of things away from people, man, but you take their booze. Yeah. It's no. not good. All right. Well, before we get into the story about Larry Elder, make sure you go to TimCast.com. Become a member. There will be a members-only podcast coming up. We usually publish around 11 or so p.m. That is for members only, but you will also get access to all of our amazing journalism without advertisements on it. And as a member, you're helping support us in our efforts to hire more people, do more shows. We have a bunch of stuff in the works. I know that, you know, I've been saying that for a long time because we have this mystery show we're doing. But hire, first you gotta vet people. Mm. First you gotta find somebody. Then you gotta vet them. Mm. Then you gotta, you know, interview them. Then you've gotta move them halfway across the country. Then you've gotta, so it, it takes a long time. But we've done live reads on the new shows and it's gonna be, uh, uh, it's gonna be amazing. So be a member. But like this video, subscribe to this channel, share this show with your friends. Sharing is caring. It's the most powerful thing you can do. If every single person who was watching this show right now shared it on social media, we'd be bigger than CNN in two seconds. But if everybody did. So do your part and smash the like button for Ian. A sad Ian. Thanks, Needs Tim. your like not, today. That's true. Not so sad anymore. I can feel it. I can feel the, the likes, likes being tapped. pouring in. <laughs> well, let, let's, let's start off with this, uh, this Larry Elder thing. I, I gotta be honest, you know, I think there's so many extremely important stories right now. We've got obviously the Afghanistan stuff, which has been going on for a long time, especially with your, your expertise, Sean. We could, we could talk about this. But then as we're coming in and sitting down, I just, I saw this story. And for one, I'm like, this one makes me really, really mad for a few reasons. From TimCast.com, breaking, Larry Elder attacked by white liberal in gorilla mask throwing eggs. Now, personally, I don't know if liberal is the right word to use. It is kind of like the colloquial word used for, like, the opponents. But this person's a nut. You know what I mean? Like, I'm not going to... I guess until the, the the mainstream liberals come out and condemn this actively, I don't know what else to say other than they're in the same under the same umbrella. But the story is... California gubernatorial candidate Larry Elder was attacked by a white liberal in a black and pink gorilla mask in Venice on Wednesday. The mask-wearing leftist was throwing eggs and shouting as Elder walked by. The belligerent attacker also punched a member of Elder's entourage who was attempting to get them to calm down and step away. One of her friends also punched him in the back of his head as someone else threw an egg. Quote, put your hands on me again and I'll F you up. The ape-masked attacker was heard shouting. Another protester ranted to the media, Present uh, media present that elder who is black doesn't even like his own people. Quote, a flying egg narrowly missed the back of recall candidate Larry Elder's head after it was thrown by an activist wearing a gorilla mask in Venice. A scuffle broke out and the candidate was escorted into an SUV. Kate Cagle, the journalist who filmed the incident, wrote in a tweet. Now, I'll tell you what really bothers me about this, aside from the fact these people are lunatics, is that if this was someone on the right wearing a gorilla mask and going up to a black Democrat... It would have, it'd be, it would be the front page, number one, above the fold, New York Times, white supremacy. That's exactly where I was going to tell you, thinking this the entire time as you, as you were speaking, that yeah, if this were, you know, a, 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 someone on the right, it would be national news. You'd have the Today Show out there interviewing, interviewing people. Oh, he was wearing a, a red hat, you know, I mean, you know that yep. that would be the dominant headline. Oh, and, but I mean, I mean, no, but this is a gorilla and, mask. And you approached this, 
really, really fair, right? Like, well, this guy is they, he's defined as as a liberal, but he's probably just somebody that that's so struggling. Or, oh, I, I didn't see the news, but right, yeah, but um, but yeah, you know, it's just uh, someone that's a little crazy, you know, that not really a liberal, but I, but I, if it were a conservative, you would get no such grace. This is, this, this from, is what, from anybody. This is what they're saying, right? So the L.A. Times called Larry Elder the black face of white supremacy. Yeah, it's insane. Which is insane. insane. And then a a leftist wearing a gorilla mask throws eggs and punches someone in his group. Where's all of the headlines? Where's Don Lemon saying, "Ladies and gentlemen, white supremacy is alive in this country." A, a, a white man, a white woman in a, in a gorilla mask attacking a black. You don't see it because it's not about race, not about racism. All this critical theory stuff is just we want power, and the double standard's fairly obvious, isn't it? Well, isn't this the? You just look at this and you're like, we need to break up. We need to break up. <laughs> just go country. right to it. We need to break Someone up. Someone threw country. an egg and we're done. Yeah, we're done. Over. We're done. But yep. think about it. what did you just say? You just said that the press controls the narrative. Until the right gets a way to control the narrative, they're always going to be in charge. I mean, they've spent the last century taking over academia and the press. I mean, of well, course, yep. you're, yes. you're, you're yes. so, you're so right. And I think for years, what the dynamic was, at least for the last 15 or 20 years, the left would set their talking points. And what's interesting about the modern day left or the, the, the new Democrat party is their talking points are set by three or four people at the top of their party and they trickle down to the rest of the party, which is why a congressman in, in Western Pennsylvania espouses the same views as a congresswoman in Southern California as, as in Southern Florida. They're all the same. Um, so they, they set these talking points. And then they, in the past, they'd use the media to amplify these talking points. But over time, as, as the market changed and stuff, you had Fox News created and talk radio and conservatives had their alternative media. But what, what I think is so dangerous today is so you've the same dynamic between Democrats setting their talking points and the media helping to elevate them. But now you have big tech who is censoring any conservative counterpoint and i think one of the greatest threats that we face as a country today is the collusion between uh the the modern day democrat party big tech big business and and big media and to to sort of take people's freedom away from them and so you were talking about like some sort of alternative alternative media hopefully over time we'll get there but as long as big tech can shut your show down, I mean, look, look at this stuff. They could yeah. shut your show down tonight if they wanted to. Well, I, I will say a lot of people have taken for granted the, the what the internet has given them. Or I shouldn't say it that way. That's the wrong way to put it. You can't go on Tucker Carlson's show and say a lot. You can't. There's a lot of stuff you can't say on Fox that's, News. That's true. We actually we actually have way more leeway here on YouTube. But there's also things they point. can say that we can't because YouTube has editorial guidelines, which are not about community mm-hmm. standards. So that is a very serious problem. But I'll tell you, you know, one of the biggest problems is, and you can see how the left reacted to this, especially in how they threw eggs at Larry Elder. Mm-hmm. The right never fought back. The, 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 the American right seemed to think that appointing judges solved the problem, and it didn't. The cultural institutions are where everything comes from and, and flows from, and big tech is involved in that. And I think a really good example of the problem the New York Times can just take any story, say it, and every conservative immediately pivots to address whatever the New York Times told them to talk about. So there can be some big news. Like right now, Larry Elder gets attacked. This white liberal, she's a racist, white supremacist. I'll say, oh, oh, absolutely, how dare she do that? And you're not going to see it in the media. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, void were prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus. With the Lucky Land slots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. This is your captain speaking. Uh, we've got clear runway and the weather's fine, but we're just going to circle up here a while and uh, get lucky. No, no, nothing like that. It's just these cash prizes add up quick. So I suggest you sit back, keep your tray table upright, and start getting lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandsLots.com. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Joe Rogan, right? We'll get into this in, in, in a minute in, in greater detail, but Joe Rogan talks on his, on his Instagram channel about what his doctors prescribe him, and CNN says he's taking livestock medicine. Even though people don't trust the media, independent, in, in, I mean, the media has very little trust across the board. Even with that, still, they set the conversation. And something, I'll, t- I'll tell you what's interesting, the Ukraine gate stuff with Joe Biden. When that stuff was going down, and I was researching what was going on with Burisma, the corruption of the Biden family, I found a lot of uh, damning information, but I had to go to Eastern European sources and vet them. And it was very difficult because I'm like, I don't know who these people are, right? I don't know if these are credible sources. I don't know why I should trust CNN for that instance, uh, in that in, in that circumstance. But the interesting thing was, this is considered fringe because CNN didn't mention it. If CNN doesn't talk about it and you do, it's irrelevant, fringe, conspiracy, crackpot nonsense. Regardless of whether or not CNN or the New York Times or any of these outlets is talking about something true or false, if you talk about anything off the path of their controlled narrative and opposition or, or support, then you're in fringe territory. That's something that needs to change. The right needs to figure out how to actually set the tone and set the conversation. Well, you have to also ask, is the press doing politicians bidding or are politicians doing the press's bidding? I've, I have a friend who was a reporter and he said he stood, he was in rooms where he watched reporters bully politicians into positions. Oh, yeah. So look at Fauci and the mask thing. Look at the last four. Look at the last five years. I mean, from two from 2016 to 2018, the Republicans had the executive, the judiciary and and the legislative. They couldn't get anything done. And then right wingers were like, oh, well, that's because the left. I'm like, yeah, that's because you guys had you guys thought you had power, but the left was still in power. Yep. And until people start realizing that and start looking for alternatives. Look at look at, uh, some, look at look at look at look at Russia The 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 mainstream media comes out and says, "Oh, Russia, Russia, Russia," because Hillary Clinton said so. Said so, and the Republicans in 2016 to 2018 were like, "Well, you know, we should reasonably look at this." And then Ukraine Gate happens, and it's nothing. This is the problem. The Republicans, you know, what I think it was. I think that we had a uniparty for a long time. Republicans and Democrats, basically the same thing. So the Republicans were like rolling their eyes. We don't care about Trump. We don't want any of this. But the populist right gaining more and more power. And they're forced to reckon with it. So I think uh, next year, 2022, we might see something really, really fascinating. That, be- that being said, we might see something crazy if Larry Elder becomes governor of California. Yeah, yes. And by the way, there are so many angles to talk about this uh, this very problem from. But what you were talking about, about Joe Biden and, and Burisma in Ukraine and the whole like, you know, I said, you know, fire the prosecutor who is investigating my son or my family for corruption or you don't get the billion dollars. Right. That is a clear cut quid pro quo we'll have to break and, that one down though 
Sure, sure. Yeah. But I'm just saying from 30,000 feet, right? You've got Joe Biden having a conversation with the president of Afghanistan six weeks before the, the withdrawal, four weeks before <clears throat> the, the, the collapse of Kabul. The conversation went, Hey, you know, uh, talking to the president of a- Afghanistan, paint an overly rosy picture of what's happening on the battlefield, essentially lie to the world to make it seem like the Taliban is, isn't as strong as they are, or you don't get the military assistance. But- it's essentially the same thing except for. I mean, the media just flies cover for him the I whole can, time. I can make it very, very simple. I love asking this question, and uh, I'm going to ask it now of all of you. Do you think that if uh, Dave Rubin, after he got suspended on Twitter, that Twitter was scared he would show up to Twitter HQ with a mob of classical liberals with pitchforks and torches and bricks, start violently attacking people? Do you think Jack Dorsey was like, guys, we suspended Dave Rubin. It's going to get violent here. We have to we have to unban him. You, you shouldn't have done this. No. N- absolutely not. Do you think Jack Dorsey had that conversation when they talked about banning Antifa? Yes. When they say, okay, we've got these people advocating for violence on our platform. What do we do? If we start banning them, they're going to come after us. They're going to show up at the headquarters. They're going to smash things. The cops will be powerless. So here's what happens. When, when, when you, you have these people uh, showing up throwing eggs at, at Larry Elder, you have uh, uh, these, these politicians getting attacked. When, when the right holds a rally in, in the Pacific Northwest, Antifa shows up and starts attacking people and shooting at them. And now I'll tell you this. It's definitely escalated to the point where I would consider a lot of it to be mutual combat in the Pacific Northwest. But if people say, I'm going to have a free speech rally, it's permitted, leave us alone, and you show up, you started the fight. The right doesn't have any kind of threat factor. They shouldn't. The left shouldn't either. But so long as cops are unwilling to do anything about it, people are going to continually fear what the left does. We were talking about this the other day that, you know, why is it these institutions like the New York Times or whatever ultimately become woke? Well, it's because the regular people there are too scared to say anything because the, fr- the leftists are just terrifying and fringe lunatics. And there's very few of them, but everyone's scared of them. And that's it. So long as people are scared and unwelling. So, so my respect to Larry Elder, calmly walking and saying and ignoring them. Well, can I posit a theory on that? Sure. I think the left likes chaos and the right, even if they can't, even if they don't know how to say it, they like order. I mean, look at right wing cities, small towns. They're you're not having an Antifa problem. Look where the left governs. It's, mm-hmm. it's a mess. <laughs> it's always a mess. And why does the left like disorder like that? Because the more disorder there is, the more power that they can take to themselves and say, hey, we're doing this, even if they're not doing that. And they may even want that disorder. Maybe that's what happened last year. They knew that they could grow their power if they let all of this insanity run through. Well, look, I want. I want. I'll, I'll say this. I'll say this about about what you were saying. It's it's not like this is some crazy theory, right? Like the left has. If you would have told me that the modern day Democrat Party uh, four years ago would be advocating for a position of defunding the police wholesale, right? And, or, and, and just, just anti-police rhetoric, right? They walked that one back quick. They, they, did, they did, but they, it has consequences. And you're seeing, as you, as you mentioned, like crime in almost every major American city, Philadelphia, in, in my case, in Pennsylvania. But they also told the police to stand down so they could have the more Democrat, chaos. I, I, don't, I, <laughs> I, I, I agree with you. I agree with you. I'm just saying that they're anti-cop rhetoric coupled with defund the police, coupled with mixed signals from leadership 
creates chaos in in their cities, right? Primarily Democrat power centers, and you see that and you see that empirically as well with rise in murder, rise in crimes, things like that. We got to go back to what you were saying about Burisma, though, because I want to do uh, um, I want to uh, uh, elaborate and correct a little bit. So uh, you had you had mentioned that you know Joe Biden, you know he goes to the prosecutor and says, "Shut down the investigation into the corruption of my son, otherwise you're not getting the billion dollars." More specifically, it was that Joe Biden's son, for some reason, was appointed to a board member of a Ukrainian energy company, and a lot of people wonder right. why that was the case. Now, Joe Biden, Hunter Biden's like, "Look, I was an executive, and I have experience, and I'm a lawyer," and it's like, "Sure, okay, fine, say whatever you want." But the media started saying there was no corruption investigation into Burisma. It wasn't into Hunter Biden; it was into the company and and uh, Mykolas Lachevsky, the guy who founded the company. That was a lie. Matt Taibbi did excellent reporting on this, breaking down how there was at least a dozen investigations. And I'll tell you the the, the, the kicker. It's been a while since I covered all this stuff because I was talking about how I had to go to foreign media to find this stuff out. The media control of the narrative is so pronounced that they wouldn't actually do the basic investigation into what Joe Biden did. And what Joe Biden did was criminal and corrupt uh, based on what I've researched. To put it simply, Joe Biden comes in. Goes to the to, to the to uh, the head of you know the president of Ukraine and says either you fire the prosecutor or you're not getting the billion dollar loan. He brags about it on video, so they do. Now the prosecutor uh, Victor Shokin says he was investigating corruption. Matt Taibbi confirms there was an investigation. But I'll tell you this: the funny thing is, after they get rid of the prosecutor, who's so Biden says we we uh, got rid of the prosecutor because he wasn't doing the investigation. Funny story: after the prosecutor got ousted. Zlochevsky returned to Ukraine from exile, got his money unfrozen. When Donald Trump comes in, starts poking around, dude flees to Monaco. Tell me who is actually investigating corruption. So I'll tell you this, based on, and this is an older story, but this is what the media does. We see it over and over again with how they frame things. Hunter Biden's story, when that came out, the laptop and the leaked details, and we knew like, okay, this, this is legit. It's confirmed. What happened? Big tech came in and shut the whole thing down. Absolutely. Absolutely. Then that's my whole point. So, you know, leading people ask about the the 2020 election and was it fair and all this other stuff. And I think there are a lot of different layers to that. But one of the reasons why Joe Biden uh, is where he is today is because of what you just said with regards to censoring stories that were negative about him. And so we're seeing today, you know, his poll numbers are falling for, I think, a litany of reasons. But, you know, things are getting to a point, whether it's, you know, uh, lackluster job growth. I mean, the, the, the miss this last month, like I think what 725,000 jobs expected, 225,000 added, and then inflation, which is obviously we talked brutal. about this in the last brutal and it primarily affects the middle class and seniors on fixed incomes, be, you know, uh, but also you're looking at a, a wholesale collapse of American foreign policy doctrine right now. You're seeing that most notably in, in Afghanistan. Um, but the things that are happening now are almost impossible to censor and they don't really fit into the media narrative. And that, the way that you know that the situation in Afghanistan was as bad as it was is because MSNBC and CNN were actually reporting on it. So you know if they're reporting on it, it was 10 times worse than what it actually, the way we're seeing it here. Well, come on. Let, let's face it. MSNBC and the left media loves war. When was, when was the first time they praised Trump? When he dropped bombs on Syria. Yeah. <laughs> That's when he became presidential. The, we talked about this before. The mm -hmm. New York Times and MSNBC helped lie us into the war in Iraq in, mm -hmm. in, in 2002, 2003. They have on Meet the Press. There's commercials for Boeing. 
is the average meet the press person watching meet the press in the market for a 737 or is it a payoff of some sort let's let, i want i want to show you guys this We'll talk about media manipulation. A lot of people like talking about how CNN, MSNBC, all oh, the ratings are in the gutter. They couldn't even break a million. Their key demo viewership is like 80,000 to 100,000. Then I get people messaging being like, oh, Tim, you get way more views. And, and we're sitting here like, man, our viewership in the key demo is way higher than MSNBC. But it's not about MSNBC. It's about how they're getting on social media. Let me, let me ask you, you know, it's really, it's really interesting. We're talking about this manipulation stuff, how it is that someone like Vosh who is a 20, I think he's 26, he's a socialist, and he's pro-Biden. I'm like, how does that happen? How does a young, edgy, upstart socialist come to support the crony capitalist corrupt candidate of the establishment party? Let me show you this thing on Reddit right here, and we'll see if I can actually, you, you can sort of see the image. Maybe I can, um, okay, I can't get the image. This is r slash political humor. Political humor, they say. It's got 1.429 million readers. I go on Reddit all the time. And when you're on Reddit, you'll typically see these memes from political humor. Now, is it sane, rational, and honest humor? No, it's manipulation. How do I, how do I know? Their image on political humor is a man. You can't really see it on the camera. Sorry, I can't show it to you guys. You can sort of see it. There's a mother, a daughter, and a son. And they're all looking out at an open door as a man is walking up the sidewalk to the house, like coming home from work. The family members are all holding knives. Mm-hmm. As the dad is walking up, coming home from works, wiping the sweat off his brow. On the man walking in, it says Joe Biden. On the family members holding knives, hiding, it says military industrial complex and mainstream media. As if to imply, the mainstream media and the military industrial complex don't like Joe Biden and are waiting to surprise attack him. The narrative that you get when you go on these big tech platforms, these social media platforms, is that Joe Biden is being unfairly smeared. What, what did we hear recently? I can't remember who said it. They were like, the big difference between Joe Biden and Donald Trump is that Biden doesn't have a main, a media apparatus willing to defend him at all costs like Trump did. What? Gaslighting. Like who in their right mind no, who remembered nobody. anything about this is like, yes, the media loved Trump. They were praising him nonstop. I remember Biden being the worst candidate in 2008. Absolute mm. most boring. Like, <laughs> what is this old piece of trash doing on stage? Why is he? Who is he? First of all, and why is he up there? He's terrible, annoying. And then Obama appointed him. I'm like, what the heck? The worst choice on the stage. And Obama stuck him in. And now this you know nobody why? is president. How quickly people. I mean, if you don't remember watching 2008 CNN debates of Biden being a. Just but, a but, but, old school war hawk on stage. I mean, discuss. Sorry, Tim. What were you going to say? No, you're right. You're right. I want. I don't want to interrupt you. I'm <laughs> saying you're, you're right. right. How in but, ten but, years, how much things can change is just mm-hmm. shocking to me. But what you need to understand is, the ten year old in 2008 was not watching that debate, and they voted for Biden this time around. I didn't. That's I, what happens. I missed his 1988 plagiarism debacle. I don't know. Were you guys? Do you guys vividly remember yeah. where he? lifted whole parts of a UK labor leader's <laughs> life and assumed it as yes. his own is Joe Biden is Joe is that his actual name is he really named Joe Biden I don't know I don't his know his name's Joe Bob Jr you know that he, I'm not it, kidding well, I don't I, so it, he, took, he took he took he took a, a UK Joseph labor Robinette Biden yeah Joe Bob Jr yeah Joe, Joe Bob, Bob Jr. Jr yeah what's what is Rob wait where how did actually I don't know if Bob is short for Robinette is Rob, Robinette Bob? is Bob short for I'm just kidding I was like, how is it that I don't know this? So he plagiarized this guy in 1988, basically had to dip out of the presidential election. He had to resign from the election process or whatever. And then uh, what people, he stepped out of the limelight for a decade. People forgot who he was. And then in- No, he was still in office. He was still a senator. He he was like, I never even heard his name from 
between 88 and 2006. Was, Did you guys? I, yeah, wasn't he the guy who looked at Clarence Thomas and accused him of being a rapist or something like that? I, that sounds right. I wasn't he said he, until Joe Biden either. said that he was number one in his college class. No, he was like in the bottom third. I mean, he lifted, like, as I mentioned, whole sections of some UK labor leaders life. I mean, yeah, Joe, Joe Biden has been like he has been a fantastical liar. His entire now he says he's, he's against the Iraq war, but he voted for the Iraq war. I mean, he's just lies almost about every there was something that he was lying. Oh, oh, about going to um uh the 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 place in 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 western pennsylvania the um oh yeah i remember uh, i can't remember the name but i remember in squirrel hill it's right in squirrel hill i can't was it like a synagogue yeah it's a synagogue in squirrel my god the tree of life the tree of life uh the tree of life he said he was there he wasn't even there so he just lies about everything but lucky land casino asking people what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky lucky in line at the deli i guess aha in my dentist's office more than once, actually. Do I have to say? Yes, you do. In the car before my kid's PTA meeting. Really? Yes. Excuse me, what's the weirdest place you've gotten lucky? I never win and tell. Well, there you have it. You can get lucky anywhere, playing at LuckyLandSlots.com. Play for free right now. Are you feeling lucky? No purchase necessary. Void where prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. Okay, round two. Name something that's not boring. A laundry? Ooh, a book club. Computer solitaire, huh? Ah, oh, sorry. We were looking for Chumba Casino. That's right. Chumbacasino.com has over 100 casino-style games. Join today and play for free for your chance to redeem some serious prizes. Chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. by law. 18 plus terms and conditions apply. See website for details. This is this is the thing today. When you have... You, you don't need a candidate when you have the media. When they're all lining up to say whatever they need to say and suppress what needs to be suppressed. As long as you have that, Joe Biden can call a lid, go in his basement, and go to sleep. And that's what he did. Isn't, isn't it amazing? That the, I love the Atlantic article. Stay, uh, stay alive, Joe Biden. All we need is your corporeal form. Yeah. They just needed a name. You know why Obama chose uh, uh, Biden? Some probably told him to. Apparently what they were saying was that there was concerns that voters would be worried that, you know, the first black president wouldn't win. So they said, you take an old white man and put him as the VP and then Oof. racist Americans would vote for it. That's that's a lot of this, the rhetoric I remember hearing back in the day. But so is this at all surprising, though? I mean, you had, what, eight years ago, somebody at Yale saying, what college was it? They said there was a Klan meeting. And it was like a white sheet covering like a projector or something like that. Oh, and yeah. Then you, oh, yeah. That's right. Oh, my gosh. I forgot they, about they, that. No, no. It was like they, they looked through a window. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And they saw like a sheet over something and they said there was a Klan meeting. That's and they were right. like, turns out someone just draped a sheet over a projector. <laughs> I like, forgot about These that. people are insane. And, and then a reality, reality, show talk, uh, reality show host gets elected president and then – a whole country allows itself to be shut down for a spicy flu, and there's still people out there who think that it's killing. There are surveys taken all the time that are like, "How many people have died? How many people do you think uh, percentage people do you think have died in this area?" Oh, at least twenty percent. There's there's a poll that yeah. came out the people other day that insane. said like ten percent or something. I don't know. So don't put me in the numbers. Corpse, of course, you can get a corpse elected. Ten I mean, percent of Democrats shocking. believe that like something like or wait no no thirty five percent of Democrats believe that ten percent like that that ten percent of people die with with COVID. So this is right. Uh, that's, this is this is what happens when you have people who blindly believe whatever the media tells them. And I'm wondering what happened because I know people who didn't used to they, – they used to have critical thinking abilities. 
you know, friends of mine, gone. All of a sudden, it's like they turn on CNN and they're like, Joe Rogan ate livestock medicine. They go, wow. Why would he do that? Critical what an thinking, idiot. <laughs> critical thinking is critical thinking in today's day and age is something that is that is going by the wayside uh, pretty fast. Uh, liberalism was all about back in the day in the in the wake of the Vietnam War. If if the government told you to to eat white bread, you were eating wheat bread. Didn't matter. Liberalism was about tolerance. It was about free thinking. It was about critical thinking. But the modern day left has sort of shifted from you know critical thinking, free tolerance to almost a strict adherence to believing everything that the government says. Even when it contradicts this, it. You see this in reporters. It. Like, you see this in reporters. And I learned this during my first uh, congressional run where where we would be asking questions that I think perfectly legitimate questions about the election. And these questions were important because it, it should we should all aspire to make our elections better every cycle and the only way that you do that is by asking important questions and and hope that we can all work together to make things better but what would happen is the governor would release a statement in response to us with no empirical evidence backing it up and it would just be like oh you guys are screwed up you know what we were talking about and then the media would regurgitate those very same talking points so uh, these are conspiracy theorists so they're not even they're not like their job is to speak truth to power yet what they do is just regurgitate Talking points from the authority. We we have good news on this front, though. Let's talk about what happened with Joe Rogan, because this is where this is where they made a big mistake with Joe. You can't go to the biggest podcaster in the world who has more ratings than you do and accuse him of doing something he didn't do and makes no sense. So now we have the story. Joe Rogan considers suing CNN over claims he used livestock drug against covid. They're making ish up. Rogan said, I literally got it from a doctor. Joe Rogan gets sick. He comes out and he says, hey, guys, I had COVID, you know, uh, tested positive. The doctor prescribed uh, monoclonal antibodies, ZPAC, prednisone, ivermectin. And he says within a couple of days, he was feeling great. That's a doctor's prescription. Now, I will, I will always state the CDC says doctors shouldn't prescribe it. It is not authorized or approved by the FDA. But that's between Joe and his doctor. And I'm like, okay, if his doctor prescribed it, I'm not a doctor. You talk to your doctor. Don't talk to me. Mm-hmm. What does CNN do? What did every outlet do? Huh. They, instead of saying that a doctor prescribed it and you went to Walgreens or whatever to pick it up, they said it was livestock medicine. So I don't know if Joe's actually considering suing, but what he said was, you know, do I have to sue CNN when he, when he brought this up? And I immediately thought, I was like, you know, I, is CNN's got to be more careful than that, right? Nope. I want to play for you this clip. I want you to actually hear what CNN said, and, and hopefully this plays well, but let's let's play it. Okay, it's not playing at all. I think it's because, why is it? Got to uh, unmute the tab. That's right. That's I got to unmute it. CNN. Mm. And surprise, surprise, I have CNN muted. All right, let's try this again. Okay, <laughs> it's still not making any sound. Where's my sound? Oh, it didn't, it didn't work. Why didn't it work? What the heck? There you go. Okay. That's weird. All right, we're going to try this again, and we're going to play. One of the world's highest there paid and most influential podcast hosts, Joe Rogan. Just announced that he's tested positive for coronavirus. Rogan telling his 13 million Instagram followers that he was treated with several drugs, and he included ivermectin on the list, a drug used for livestock. The FDA and the CDC warn against using to treat COVID. On the Chiron, while she's saying this, it says Joe Rogan says he has COVID, taking livestock drug despite warnings. Oh, that's the mistake. You can use ivermectin for livestock, but livestock is not a... Or ivermectin is not a livestock but, drug. Right. right, right, right. But let's talk about the manipulation of the media in this regard. It's so brazen. I think this is actually great news for everybody. For one, I think Joe Rogan should sue them yes. and every single outlet that said this 
Because think about how insane it would be if you went to the doctor and, and people corrected me the other day. So I'll, I'll be more careful on this one. You go to the doctor and he prescribes you ibuprofen. Are we going to call that dog medicine? Now, some people pointed out dogs can't have a lot of ibuprofen. Benadryl. I looked at, no, no, no the, the dogs can in very small doses, but they typically would give them aspirin in small doses. So let's just say this. They do give aspirin to dogs. Am I going to claim that Erin Burnett uh, uh, was, was seen ingesting dog medicine? That she went to a local store in New York purchasing dog medicine and then ingesting it shock, in a shockingly insane move? No, that's insane. That's, that's, a, that's a lie. So Joe Rogan's a guy who goes to his doctor and his doctor's like, here's what I want you to do. And Joe says, oh, Joe says, okay, I guess. And now they're claiming he's taking livestock drug. That is so overt and over the top. This is going to wake people up. They're going to start asking questions about this because there's no way. I mean, there's, there's going to be a lot of bad faith people who are like, it's for horses. It's, 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 it's not. There are horse versions of it. But there's going to be a lot of regular people who are like, what? Well, why would Joe? I, I love Joe. We're going to watch him on Netflix. Well, I think the one thing that Rogan said in that first 14 minutes with Segura was he said he explained, he said they couldn't get the vaccine through. They couldn't get the vaccine through um, the emergency um, authorization use unless there was no other there was no other treatment. But that's but that and you know, like when I got it, I took ivermectin. I Your doctor better. prescribed it. Um, no, I'm not. See, gonna, I would I'm recommend not gonna, I'm not going to say how I got how I got it, and then towards the end of it, I just there was some other stuff that another one that Trump had mentioned last year that got uh, demonized, and that knocked it out of my system completely, and I was fine four well, days later. But how, uh, the challenge with this stuff is there's no control when people just decide to self medicate or whatever, and I suppose the challenge but is that's with, consent. I mean, that's what? That's consent. That's personal consent. That's me doing what I want to do. That's me doing what I want to my body. The, the left complains, oh, the reason everything is so expensive in healthcare in this country is because it's a free market. It's a free market, really? Hmm. I, I can't order medication that I want. I can't say, oh, I want to treat myself with this. I should be able to put anything into this stupid thing right here that I want to. <laughs> very, very libertarian argument. It is a libertarian well, so, so, argument, but it, I mean, Imagine I've, if it was a free I mean, market. So, so I, I hold on. I got, I got, I got to address this. All right, All you right. Go, do your thing. So, so thing. what I would say is, always go to your doctor. I'm not going to question someone's doctor giving a, giving a prescription. When it comes to Joe Rogan, they're highlighting the livestock, the ivermectin, and the problem with that is he also got monoclonal antibodies, which is uh, does does have emergency use authorization, which completely, in my opinion, debunks the argument made by Joe and the one you just made. If the concern was really. That if they uh, authorize ivermectin, then the vaccines lose EUA. That would make no sense for Regeneron's monoclonal antibodies. If they really thought that there was an effect, that ivermectin was effective, they could just do an EUA and retain the emergency authorization for any other treatment they've already given an EUA to as well. Plus, community has already been uh, approved. And so I guess the argument they're saying is until it, until it hits market as a brand, the EUAs will remain. I don't think Moderna and Johnson and Johnson will just lose their emergency authorization because something got approved. So I, that doesn't make sense. You, you, I suppose you can argue profit motive, but then you're starting to get into, you know, I don't know. It, it starts making more and more assumptions. It could just be that there was a, a meta-analysis of 14 studies showing that ivermectin was inconclusive. There's also a meta-analysis of 53 studies saying that it was uh, showing that it, it uh, um, I forgot what the word is, but long story short, that it inhibited ivermectin. So if these both- Wait, of, Inhibited COVID? 
Uh, I'm sorry. Yeah, yeah, yeah. Inhibited COVID. Sorry. Uh, I guess. So my conclusion ultimately is if there's insufficient data or if there's con- conflicting data, then perhaps the, the answer is simply the CDC doesn't want people recommending something they're unsure about because it might not actually do anything. There might be some people saying like, wow, it really worked for me. Yeah, well, Joe Rogan also got monoclonal antibodies. So we, we can't say definitively because there's no control. So when you, when you have someone who, who gets sick and then says, I went and, and, and took X medication or whatever, it's like, yeah, well, we need a control to figure out whether or not that was actually you ingesting something or if he just beat it. So ultimately, I'll just put it this way. I think people are making a huge mistake ingesting horse medicine in any amount. So that's the big story. People like, I'll tell you this, the horse paste, the, the horse ivermectin sold out in a lot of places. Mm-hmm. That to me, I think is, is, is absolutely insane simply because there are, there is human grade and there's animal grade. We mentioned this the other day, but I, I can't ignore breaking down the points. Otherwise people get mad in super chat. When the, when the, when the US, when, when the US government is regulating something, and it sounds like you're gonna be less of a big fan of the, a lot of, a lot of the regulations, but when they're like, okay, we're gonna approve something, they'll say, hey, we can't put this much lead in it, because human livers can't handle that, and it'll right. make them really sick. So this cannot be approved in this formulation. But for a horse, they might be like, oh, horse kidneys are fantastic. We don't gotta worry about that appearing in it. So what happens is animal grade stuff is very, very different. The example I give is that cats can drink salt water. Humans can't. We wouldn't simply look at a cat drinking salt water and be like, I can drink it too. So I think people are making a huge mistake. That being said, these news stories about, you know, the hospitals being over, over flooded and everything are completely BS. It was a huge hoax. Ultimately, I just say, you know, I'm, I, I think people can do what they want to do, I suppose. Uh, but when it comes to any medical decisions, I think it's got to come from someone who actually knows what they're talking about. Otherwise, you fall victim to manipulations, conspiracies. And if, if, if you're willing to go to tractor supply for stuff because you read something on the internet and you haven't found a good doctor, even a Trump supporting doctor, a hardcore Trump supporting doctor who, who read all these news stories, like, yo, people can trick you into doing really dumb things. And I think it's not a good idea to go. Yeah. But here's the thing. You can go into Mex- in Mexico. You can walk into any pharmacy and say, "Give me ivermectin. Give me uh, give me hydroxychloroquine," and you can treat yourself. If people were doing that in Mexico, which I assume they are, and they were dropping dead from this, I think we'd be hearing about that all over the media. Yeah, I, I think it ultimately just comes down to, uh, well, for one, do you trust the media? Do you trust the Mexican media? And I don't think the issue is death. The CDC says the issue is potential side effects, and the bigger issue, like I mentioned, is. If there's monoclonal antibodies, which the FDA says is authorized, it works. Joe Rogan took that, got better. And there's vaccines, which they say, you know, if you look at Israel and some of these other countries, the efficacy has been dropping and other advocating for booster shots. So that becomes a big challenge. But ultimately, do we say, hey, look, we have a big chunk of studies that say it's good and a big chunk of studies saying we're not sure and it's inconclusive. Do we advocate for something we're unsure about? What if what if people then say, I'll do that instead, and then it doesn't work and things get worse? I'm not advocating for it either way. I'm just saying that I did I did this and I did that, and it wasn't from a tractor supply store. And I'm well, here. that's that, I'm and, talking specifically and, and about I'm people. Here. That, like literally, you go to the local tractor supply. There's none left, mm. and they have a big sign saying "Don't eat it." And I agree, you, you shouldn't. I just put it this way: you can't get medical advice from us. No one here is a doctor who knows. We're not also not doing research on this stuff. That's why you got to find out who you trust from medical professionals and talk to them. I, I, I have one thing to add to this is, is what makes me uncomfortable, right? Uh, this is a once in a hundred year, you know, pa- pandemic, right? Um, this, we're still in its, in the infancy of researching COVID-19 and, and effective therapeutics and vaccines. And, you know, now you're needed one, two, three boosters. 
why then, while we are trying to explore scientifically, right, in embracing the scientific method with regards to finding an effective vaccine and therapeutics, why then are we censoring discourse that doesn't fit the media narrative, right? While we're talking about right. media narratives, it was like you're seeing, you know, YouTube channels or or censored of actual doctors, board certified doctors, virologists, epidemiologists. They're getting censored because they're not saying the right stuff. Well, but no, no, these no. are doctors, and it's not like they're they're coming at these positions from like left field. These are clearly not conspiracy theories, yet they're being censored. And I think what what happens when you do that is it cre- it creates a sense of unease in people and and it makes people think that the information that they're getting might not be trustworthy because s- some some points are okay to make some are not now clearly there they said it's the advice that's the problem it's when the doctors like you know Brett Weinstein did his podcast the reason he got a strike was because they were advising people to take action oh interesting and that interesting. That, that like when when Joe Rogan went on a show this is one of the first controversies when uh, he said, he, you know, he would advise young people not to get the vaccine. I'm like, I don't think Joe should be giving people advice on what they should do with, you know, medical treatments. We had Candace Owens on and she said he's entitled to his opinion. I said, that's true. He should be able to give his opinion. And so. Well, having an opinion and saying your opinion are different things. He no, should no, no, be no. able to have an opinion. He should be able whether to or not he expresses it, it's up to the terms of service of the The, of the, the, the issue medium. was directly saying you advise people to do something. If Joe said, I don't think X should happen, I think that'd be a little bit different from telling people. So so I'll tell you this. It's funny when you see people say, I am not a financial advisor. I am not a lawyer. I am not giving legal advice. We hear that all the time. The same thing is true for medical advice. I I, I don't like the idea of like armchair medical therapy stuff because like here's my issue. I don't think just because I distrust the media, I should go ahead and just trust someone else outright. And when I look at the FDA's website, and again, I, I don't necessarily inherently trust the government. I think there's revolving door policies. We've got people from Big Pharma and they revolving door into government stuff. There's reason to always be skeptical. But at the same time, when I, when I, when I read things in the mainstream media that are outright, fabri- fab- outright fabrications, and then I go to the CDC website, the CDC says something substantially more honest. I say substantially because it's ultimately down to who you trust, but you go to uh, the FDA or the CDC. What does the FDA say about the Pfizer vaccine community? They have, a, they have a whole insert saying there's insufficient data on pregnancies and there's no long-term effects because it's now entering long-term, long-term trials. The FDA literally says that. They're not hiding it from you. You go to the media and they'll tell you it's not true. They'll be like, no, no, it was all done. It's like, why are you, why are you, the FDA doesn't say that? I can go to their websites. And that, that was, that was something that I think was kind of big for me when, when I was looking up the appropriate actions. What do that, what does YouTube say to do? That people should you should be not advising medical uh, treatments. People should be going to their their medical professionals. A lot of people say like, "Oh, but Tim, all doctors are dumb." And I'm like, "Yo, what if you have a Trump supporting doctor? Like conservative doctors exist, right? You don't think they're dumb? I guess." Well, one one way you phrased earlier is talk to someone that knows what they're talking about, i.e., a doctor. But the problem is doctors don't know everything, and sometimes they learn only a specific amount of information they know it really well but they don't okay. know and that doesn't change the argument it doesn't change if the you argument go to a no, doctor he's like go- i have no idea what this is like why are you going to him it's like like i always say you don't go to carpenter to fix your toilet that's why you should consider going to lots of different doctors is my point i guess because every doctor is going to know a different amount of information about different concepts I, I, I think i think youtube is scared of liability i think they're terrified of it 
I think when people say go out and say, I'm not a financial advisor, they're t- they're worried about liability. I mean, that's why we say, because we don't want people to be like, oh, they advised me to do something and got sick. Like if we come out, we told people to take some kind of medical action, and then they went and did and got sick and died, we'd be on the hook for millions of dollars. No, no, we don't give yeah. medical advice. I understand that YouTube's scared of liability. I think ultimately it comes down to the bottom dollar. Talking like another example of, of how this functions is we're talking with uh, Chloe Valdery. She does the theory of enchantment. It's like uh, anti-racism training that's like opposed to wokeness and critical race theory. She was saying the reason these institutions are implementing this critical race theory stuff is not because they believe it. It's because they're scared of liability. They're, they're, they're worried about getting sued or whatever. So they're just like, bring the people and let them say whatever they want. I think that's a big driving force in this. Obviously, Big Pharma wants to make a lot of money. They get guaranteed no liability contracts with all the vaccines. And because of that, it sows distrust. So ultimately, I'm like this. Just because a big pharma is getting a contract doesn't mean you should just trust the other person saying something wildly different. That's why I'm like, dude, don't let the culture war influence your medicine. Like, obviously, do your research. But you got to find someone who's convincing, like who's going to be like, let, let me show you the literature. Let me break it down for you. Let me take those partisans out of the picture and make sure I'm giving you good medical and- With lucky landslots, you can get lucky just about anywhere. Dearly beloved, we are gathered here today to... Has anyone seen the bride and groom? Sorry, sorry, we're here. We were getting lucky in the limo and we lost track of time. No, Lucky Land Casino, with cash prizes that add up quicker than a guest registry. In that case, I pronounce you lucky. Play for free at LuckyLandSlots.com. Daily bonuses are waiting. No purchase necessary. Void were prohibited by law. 18 plus. Terms and conditions apply. See website for details. When you get people that abuse the literature like CNN just did with this thing saying yeah saying that it's it's what do they say exactly what's the thing the ticker the words that came up taking livestock drug despite warnings that is misinformation it's not livestock drug and they deserve to be sued i i don't want to say he should because it's not me doing it it's a big process to do it but if he sues them this is this becomes a nexus point of whether or not this stuff is is animal feed livestock medicine isn't there isn't there a part of this i mean everything that i mean you're you're I agree with everything that you're saying, I, but like when when President Trump uh, talked about the potential of hyd of Z-pack. hydroxychloroquine, or right, right, was that what it is? Hydroxychloroquine, it was, was Z pack, yeah, the combo Z pack. It felt like the media just opposed it because. Trump said it, and there was no critical thinking to go behind it. Like, no assumption that, hey, this is the president of the United States. Like, he might be privy to medical information that maybe, at least in early stages, that we don't have. But then, after Trump is not president anymore, there's, what, studies that have come out that say, hey, maybe hydroxychloroquine is is somewhat effective. They were doing studies the whole time. And there was a promising study out of France. It's why Trump mentioned it. And here's what happened. Trump would read something in the news, say it. And then immediately the news would flip on the whole thing. So it was TechCrunch. Right. TechCrunch reported that the combination, it was zinc and uh, azithromycin and, and hydroxychloroquine, was promising. Not a Promising is, is a long way to go before, it's, before determining efficacy and truth. So Trump was like, it looks very good. We'll see. And then immediately they're like, Trump is pushing conspiracies. That's right. That's and exactly people right. are eating fish medicine and all the other nonsense. It, you know, I, I will tell you, it is true. There have been anecdotes about people who buy the horse paste from tractor supply, eat the whole thing. And I'm like, we get people saying like, well, you're not supposed to eat the whole You're not supposed to eat it. It says on it, you can't even give it to a horse intended for human consumption. I didn't know horse was like a commonly eaten thing, but huh. it even says. It's it funny when it says, it says, 
uh, do not give to horses meant for human consumption is what it yeah. says on the box. But what it means is do not feed to horses that are meant for human consumption. And it says not do not feed to horses, period, meant for human consumption. You see, see how I could mix that up? Right. Like, right. Are they telling me it's meant for human? Con- what does this say? <laughs> yeah, I no, can see that. no, don't not, feed it to horses that you're going to eat. If you're going to eat. Yeah, exactly. 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 So uh, anyway, the point is when uh, right now Reuters it has been reported actually a couple months ago Reuters reported that Oxford is doing a study on ivermectin which is promising. And so I'm just like can we can we just chill? You know, do we do we say like okay this is really great Oxford this is this is fantastic we got a bunch of other studies there's data coming out of other countries can we have a serious conversation about this? Well, the media lies so that makes it impossible. YouTube is paranoid and terrified of uh uh, uh liability liability issues so they go nuts on it. And then my ultimate thing is like, bro, I don't think we should be giving people advice on what they should be ingesting anyway. I think their doctor should be doing that. So if that if that's the way to just be like, we don't give financial advice, we don't give legal advice, we don't give medical advice. All right, well, there we go. I, I'm not even advising people to get the vaccine because that's the same thing. And that's another big complaint I had when Casey Neistat told me on Twitter that he pulls into a parking lot, waited for 45 minutes and stuck his arm out the window to get a shot. And I was like, bro, did you talk to your doctor? And they got mad at me. I get all these leftists mad at me for mm-hmm. saying... Talk to your doctor about getting the vaccine because we don't want adverse reactions. We don't want to hear these stories about people have anaphylaxis. There was early on nurses had anaphylactic shock from this. And then they were like, okay, maybe you shouldn't get the second dose. I'm like, well, it's a good idea for people to go to their doctor before getting medicated. But what what you get now from the mainstream left, and this is what YouTube allows. YouTube will definitely allow you to give medical advice so long as you're telling people to get vaccinated without going to their doctors, which is insane. Oh, that I don't know. But this, this is my whole point. This is the point that I was trying to make. Uh, so the liability argument is perhaps a compelling one and one that I I could be swayed. But the point that I was making to you is that some opinions are okay, right? Some are not. And that right there, like you can get banned for saying something that is counter to the media narrative. Like you said, like you said, you could go on YouTube right now and, and, and advocate for people to get, to get vaccinated, right? Without consulting their doctor. Um, that's okay. You don't get censored for that. But any discussion of, you know, promising medicine that is not approved, you get censored. What that does from a, from a, a societal standpoint is create a divide and it sows distrust. Well, that's, that, that's the, the li- more discourse, that, that the better, is, right? That is the liability. The reason. So, so here's the important point. In the rules, it specifically says that you can't say there's a cure, you can't advocate for treatments, and you must tell people to go and talk to them. It doesn't say you must, but it's like you can't discourage people from seeking out medical professionals or something like that. The issue is ivermectin, uh, hydroxychloroquine, ZPAC are not authorized by the FDA for use in treating this. Because of that, you can't tell people to do it. You know what else is a huge problem with this is is the, the our institute. Nobody trusts our institutions yes. anymore. And they have become everything's political. Everything is political, and and and, and in fact, that is a, a a goal of the radical left is to sort of penetrate institutions, and as a way to exercise some sort of control over people. And now nobody trusts institutions anymore. You, you that, can run for your county treasurer, and somebody's going to ask you what your opinion on abortion. Right. Yeah. That's where we're at now. <laughs> it's, yeah. That's it's true. where we're at. It's true. But this is the problem I have with the whole. With, with a lot of the debates over a lot of things. And that's why people are like, Tim's a milquetoast fence I'm like, dude, I'm not just going to say I trust one faction over the other because I don't trust one faction. You know what I mean? Like trust is earned. So when it comes to any kind of scientific research, I'm like, I look at this and just say, I got to make sure I'm not getting my information from culture war sources on this one. You know, if I go to my doctor 
and I say, here's a story. What do you think? And he doesn't know about it. I'll find a better doctor. If I'm like, hey, here, have you heard of Brett Weinstein on his podcast? What do you think? And if he's like, I'm not sure, I'll be like, okay, maybe I need someone who's been following all of this debate and this news. There was a, a guy who was in the, you guys know the Frontline Doctors Coalition or whatever? Mm-hmm. Yeah. Apparently there's a guy who like defected. I don't know if that's the right word, but he's been critical. And he was speaking with this progressive on YouTube how, you know, he's critical of the media, the media lies, saying a lot of the same things I'm saying. And he was also adding that it seems like some of these guys who are advocating for ivermectin, it's become overtly political for them where they're so angry at the media for lying about horse dewormer and livestock that now they just assume anybody who challenges the idea is pushing some kind of narrative when in reality, there are studies that are promising and there are studies that are saying nothing, that, that there was no impact or that it ultimately didn't help at all. And so we're investigating, trying to figure out if it works, but it's breeding zealots. The, there, there, there's, it's the counter identity, right? We talked about this again with Chloe that some people are, have counter dependent identities where their identity is based upon hating the other group. And that's why I'm like, look, man, you can believe that the right tends to be more honest in their media and the establishment left is lying nonstop. That's true. That doesn't mean you can just assume certain science is or isn't correct without going through it. And it also means for someone like me, I'm like, when I had, when I had Chris Martinson here and he was like, look at the studies that say this. I Google searched the opposite and found studies that said the opposite. And I'm like, what should I, what should I, should I blindly trust you when I can find a bunch of other studies saying something else? And then am I supposed to assume all those other studies are conspiracies? I can't do that. I literally can't. <laughs> Throw my hands up. Go to a doctor, man. I have no idea. That's simple. Were there studies when you were looking through them that you said there were a lot of positive studies that showed promising effectivity and then a lot of studies that were, they didn't know? Were there they, studies they, that they said were, it didn't work? Yes. That, when so when, when I say inconclusive or didn't know, it was like they were literally saying we saw no change at all. Interesting. N- not, no impact whatsoever. Well, to me, that breeds at least the, the need for new studies. If there's but, a bunch then, of studies that... Sh- okay, that's good. Yeah. I mean, the Oxford one that came out a couple months ago. So the problem... So I, I will say this. This 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 discussion is, is a hot topic for sure. People are probably super chatting right now saying, Tim, you're wrong for whatever. It's like, okay, I'm fine. I'm fine with being wrong. I'm not a doctor. I can't, I can't tell you what for. What I can tell you is, isn't this proof the media lies? Well, what's happening? Is this the administrative deep state? Like these people that aren't elected, but like the head of the CIA, the people that are appointed and that have the, these long careers, the, are they feeding information to the media this. and they're telling the media, project this it is, like this, this, and then the media is, and then the, the politicians Ian, Ian, you gotta stop. Are, are the number you gotta, three. You well, wait, listen. You, so it's, it starts with the administration, the no, deep state. No, 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 I'm sorry. They dude. feed information. I'm so, I'm wait, sorry. wait, let me finish this first no, and then bro, disagree I'm, with I'm me. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm sorry. I'm stopping you right now. Why? What part? You have jumped the shark. No, I'm wondering. I'm asking. How so? Is the deep state CIA feeding information? No, that's then the administrative state, the people that are appointed, not, not elected, the people that are being appointed that have these long careers that don't. They're not getting voted out, basically. What does the CIA have to do with what CIA Whoever, the, the head of the CIA is appointed. It's like a mockingbird argument. He's a, the head of the CIA is appointed. He's not, we don't vote for him. And so there's all these organizations with these appointees. They call it the administrative state. Are those people that feeding has news? nothing to do with anything. Well, where's that the we're media getting about? its, its parroting point that they're all repeating? It, it's coming when from it somewhere. When it comes to war, CNN and MSNBC definitely appoint former spooks and, and government agents to talk about why war is good and why Trump was bad. And then Trump was all of a sudden good when he bombed stuff. When Big Pharma buys advertisements and then all of a sudden people are scared to criticize them or when YouTube is scared of liability or when you have this dominant dogmatic tribal cult that just agrees with itself as long as in opposition to the other because they're counter dependent ideologies, 
That is just a very simple phenomenon we've been experiencing. So you think to it's come out and just be like the government conspiracy is feeding lies? Well, yeah, I wouldn't say down. it is. I'm asking, is this a, is this possible? Like, so you're saying it's more of an emergent thing where there's people that have money invested. The media doesn't want to lose that money. The the people in the media are actually psychotic and they believe this refuse. So there, there's that reason. Do you think that's more likely than that there's an organization we that's kind it. of controlling it? Donald Trump came out and said, hey, this study out of France is promising. And the media immediately went insane, screaming Trump was a Nazi and pushing conspiracies. So then you get all of these tribalists being like, well, the media said it now because they hate Trump. They've been trying to find a replacement for Trump since Trump left. Marjorie Taylor Greene, Lauren Boebert, Tucker Carlson. It doesn't work. Trump is Trump. Nobody else is Trump. But you have... An entire group of, of, of 70 or I think it's unfair to say 70 million people, but the Democratic voter base that for some reason believes the economy is good right now, when we just we, we have even higher record job openings number, we have 7 million people losing their benefits. We have an eviction moratorium ending. Yet when you ask Democrat voters, the economy good, they say, yes, those people are insane. And, and, and they believe and, and, and here's the issue. People talk about red pill, blue pill. The red pill people are woken up. The people who are, who are, who are living in the matrix are writing the news and writing public policy. They're not just sitting back believing lies from some grand overseer who's trickling down fake news from the deep state. These people genuinely eat their own refuse and then spit it back out in the New York Times. And then other people hear it and they believe it again. The best example I, I, I think is Jack Dorsey himself used to be the free speech wing of the free speech party. Then Twitter became an algorithmic nightmare where people were screaming at the top of their lungs because rage generates retweets. All of a sudden, within a decade, Joe, uh, 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 Jack Dorsey is now ultra woke, believing this insane refuse, his own, his own system fed back to him. They have no ability to raise their head above the clouds and take a look around and see what's happening. They're stuck in a mess of their own making. Some people know it's a lie and they grift. A lot of people will read CNN and say, wow, it's true. Joe Rogan took livestock medicine. And then they'll go on just believing it's all a fact, spreading it all to their friends, and they're adamant that they know the facts. Then they come to you and say, wow, economy's doing pretty well, isn't it? And you're like, uh, 7.5 million people just lost their benefits. The eviction moratorium has ended. That certainly is not indicative of a good economy, is it? 10.9 million job openings. We only filled 235,000 jobs the past month when we already had record openings. And you can Google search closed comma shortage and see all the businesses, all the government institutions that are collapsing as we speak. And these people believe the economy is good. I'm sorry, we got a large faction, tens of millions of people who have lost their minds in this country, who will sit here and tell you you're in the cult. You're the evil Trump cultist conspiracy theorist, simply because you Google search things instead of just believing CNN. Man, I got that. Is like, <laughs> well, right. That's yeah. good. Good. Good show, everybody. Good show, everybody. <laughs> Yeah, let me let me uh, let me pull this up. Let's 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 get into this. How about how about we do this? U.S. job openings surpassed 10.9 million. Dang. The number of open jobs in America is greater than the number of unemployed people, and that's two months in a row now. Now, last month they filled close to a million jobs, but had 10.1 million openings. That was a record, and that meant there were more openings than people available to work. From April to July, we lost three million jobs per month, about just shy of three million but only gained uh, about a couple hundred thousand per month. So it was like for every three jobs lost, one job has been gained. The economy is not doing well. You look at all the shortages, all the shutdown, and there's still people in this country who are like, yay, Joe Biden, the economy is doing pretty good. And I have no idea how that's possible. But I'll tell you this. If these people 
at CNN and MSNBC continue to push this stuff. They are, they are the people who are stripping the copper out of the walls of the building we're in to go sell for scrap. They're the people who saw the iceberg, saw the Titanic hit the iceberg. Now they're stealing all the fine China and silverware and rushing to the lifeboats. They're extracting everything while the ship is sinking. It's why Rachel Maddow, uh, she went from a daily show. Now she's doing a weekly show. A lot of people have pointed out, yeah, she's jumping shit. She doesn't want to be left holding the bag. So she's reducing her workload, taking a bigger paycheck. I, I can't remember who told us. This. It might have been Bannon that John Stewart shut his show down just before Trump came in because they all knew it was going to happen. And nobody wanted to be doing a nightly show where they're forced to lie. So they cancel it. And that's basically, I think what we're going through right now is like you take a look at, you know, someone like Ian, who by any, any sane metric, a conservative would call a leftist, a liberal, or, you know, at the very least on the left. Yet people in media would say Ian's far right. It's because I have long hair. <laughs> well, I think that's a reason to make you far left. People look at me and they make assumptions. Yeah. Yeah. Well, we're trapped in this. You know, so I think ultimately what this, what this brings us to is we're watching the, the country collapse. It's breaking apart. Portland announces they're banning trade with Texas. California says no travel to the other states. I'm like, yo, at this point, this is one by one the bricks falling out of the building as the United States is crumbling down. And so long, I, I think... I think the main issue is you've got people on the left who actively want that to happen. The Occupy Wall Street people, for instance, were like very much so wanting the U.S. to collapse. Antifa very clearly wants the U.S. to collapse. The, they, they all basically think this country is racist, 1619 project, all that stuff. And one by one, our institutions are failing. And it's no surprise. The people in government are incentivized to extract as much as they can as the ship is, is, is falling apart. And what's, what's the end result, I guess? Uh, we, we break apart. That's what. <laughs> should have happened a long time ago. Mm. I mean, how do you... You have people who are like, okay, I literally want to be able to have a baby be born and punch a hole in its head and suck its brain out. That was in Virginia. Yeah. Yeah, They literally want that to happen. How am I supposed to share air with them? How am I supposed to share a polity with them? Mm. I mean, why why should I be forced to? Why don't we just break up? And the hardest part is you have states where – a state like Texas, okay? You have the Dallas-Fort Worth area. Dallas is insanely left. Fort Worth is right. So how do you do that? You have to come up – we have to come up with a way that people can be able to choose the kind of governance they want. Because we're just going to be at war to the point where – Oh, I don't know. People are burning cities down. I mean, I, I mean, if if for, yeah. for like, I, I think you know, maybe if this continues, you might see uh, left and right wing groups fighting in the streets, huh? Or, or, or maybe shooting just, at each shooting at each other. Oh, wait, that's that not going to be in right wing cities, though. That's all going to be in the left. Mm. Those right. cities need to no, 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 be no, 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 abandoned. On, on. I was joking because yeah, yeah. it already happened. It right, right, right. This right. is past yeah. weekend, and the past weekend there's been shootouts in in Portland. I so I I personally think that that. There needs to be a unifying principle around which people can gather in order to have a a strong country, right? And you you talked, I think you were right that how the modern day right conservatives for the last fifty years have ceded uh, the our education system, entertainment, and the media to the left, and we're reaping the consequences of that today, right? And, and I think part of part of that is when you teach kids, you talk about this critical race theory stuff, and um, and, and, and certainly in college for a long time, it was, it was happening in college where people or students were being taught 
to think this country was a horrible place, an evil place where everyone was racist. We came up, I grew up, you know, and was taught, you know, we judge people by the content of their character, not the color of their skin. Like we read Martin Luther King, we ingested it, we believed it. And, but today your child in a public school is being taught that they're either a victim or a presser based on the color of their skin. They're taught to hate the other based on the color of their skin. And when that happens, I mean, you, you start to believe in, in a way, especially if you're a little one, right, that your country is a fundamentally evil, horrible place. And, and that's why we have such unbelievable group polarization in this country, because we've had one political party who has done nothing but divide us among age, race, demographic, you know, young, old, rich, poor, black, white, Christian atheists, because that's how they maintain power. Right. I have a different view and we, you and I have, have talked about this on the show or even debated about it a little bit. But I, I you know, maybe it's me being naive, but I believe that what makes America is exceptional is, is not necessarily our diversity. Now, diversity is great. Like around this table, we have an unbelievable amount of diversity and diversity of thought is great because it challenges us to, 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 to think in different ways. But, but, but what makes this country exceptional is that for, you know, 200 years we've put aside our petty differences or done the best that we could in order to put us put aside our differences and united around the principle of being an american today we don't have that anymore and and you see little fractures in every aspect of what we do in our education system even in sports now are political right i mean you know how we solve it sean parnell does not run for senate in u.s senate he runs for mayor of his hometown he runs for mayor of his hometown and he and he gets people elected to the board who agree with him and say we're not going to teach that crap here the federal gop is controlled opposition for the regime we know that even kevin even kevin uh was kevin mccarthy the minority oh. leader he in the house he, on the house yeah side. in the house side. he was oh so oh i'm a total trumper until january 6th and then he starts backing off and then he starts going back look at what DeSantis is doing in florida look at what abbott is doing in texas if Sean Parnell ran for governor of Pennsylvania and ran on three things, you're not teaching that crap in schools. Uh, we're, if you don't want a mask on your child, you're not going to have a mask. And if you don't want a, a needle stuck in your arm, you don't have to have a needle stuck in your arm. If you ran for for governor of Pennsylvania on that, you would get elected. I, and you would do more for the people that you love in your home state than you would going to Washington, D.C. and getting stuck in that mess. I, I don't disagree with what you're saying. Um, I, I do think that there are many positive ways that you, especially if you're getting elected and the idea that all politics is local, right? And like we're seeing just in Pennsylvania alone, like an unbelievably intense focus on school boards. We've never seen anything like the intensity that's around school board elections this year, right. but we're seeing that at every level and, and mayor, governor, there's a gubernatorial election in Pennsylvania in 2022. And I would say 99% of the time I would agree with you, except for 2022. If we lose the state of Pennsylvania, which is a republic, this seat, Senator Toomey's retiring. It's an open seat. So there's no incumbent there. Um, it's been in Republican control for a while. Um, if we lose the seat and the Democrats, of course, know that there's no pathway to the Senate majority without flipping the seat in Pennsylvania, they have to do it if they want yeah. an actual majority. Then, then it almost doesn't matter if there's a Republican governor in Pennsylvania because the feds, whether it's with HR one, uh, the, the, you know, the 
for the People Act or Senate Bill One, which is basically a, a nationalization of our of our elections, the feds are taking away power from the states at a rate that has never been seen before in American history. And the critical fight for me is is in the Senate to stop the radical left from packing the Supreme Court, from nuking the filibuster, to making Washington D.C. and Puerto Rico a state. It doesn't matter if there's a Republican governor in Pennsylvania. Of course, it does. Of course, it does. I'd rather see a Republican there than a, than a radical leftist. But I'm saying, I I don't want to see states stripped of of their power. And and the left today will absolutely do that. They're not shy about their agenda. And for me, so I see I see not only is leadership important, less political party to me, and, and leadership is actually what really matters. Uh, but being winning the seat in Pennsylvania, defending Pennsylvania, but also defending the country against being a hedge against just the in, insane radicalism of the new Democratic Party and not allowing them to fundamentally transform this country into something that we've never recognized before. I think you actually, you know, what you're saying is another reason he could win the Senate if you campaign on the same things at the state level. Not, you know, the kids, your schools, school boards, you know, vac- choosing to get vaccinated or whatever. School choice is something that is unbelievably important. And, and, and so I think COVID and these insane lockdowns have shown us this. Something that crosses, you know, uh, socioeconomic strata. It's important in the inner city. It's important in the rural community, especially in Pennsylvania, where broadband is a real issue. When schools closed and... We went virtual. There were kids in the inner city that, that didn't have a laptop computer to, to get on the internet or didn't have access to the internet. You had kids in rural communities who were climbing to the tops of their silos in the hopes that they could get on the internet in the Starbucks across town because they didn't have broadband internet. They had no internet whatsoever. So you're right. There are those very same issues. Like I'm, I'm vehemently opposed to vaccine mandates. I will say that like, as you, as you mentioned, if, if you want the vaccine, consult with your doctor, by all means, get the vaccine, but let no government mandate. Um, I think it's uh, uh, so the government doesn't know your personal life. They don't know your personal finances. They don't know the struggles you go through. But and this tends to be and Republicans do this. Like you mentioned, the, the, the federal GOP is just opposition controlled opposition. They, they, they do these blanket policies that don't make sense for localities. So there, the one thing I think people definitely need to pay attention to is you mentioned school boards are really important. Uh, they're so important. They're but so but important. I, I I will say too, I I think you're correct. They need a better governor in 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 Pennsylvania. Oh, Sean would be a great governor. <laughs> but if Sean is going to get that Senate seat and it's going to have a big impact at the federal level, even if the federal GOP is uh, controlled opposition, I think that's actually a good argument for why more honest individuals should be running and displacing them. this is why i want I think, I think desantis has done more to protect his constituency than probably any politician in my lifetime I, you're you're 100 you're 100 right and he's doing that at the and he's doing that at the governor level while he's being attacked while and he's just middle finger so this is this is the point that i wanted to make and i by the way I, you're you're right i think ron desantis has done an incredible job in florida what, you're, you're right. Uh, all my life, I have wondered why Republicans haven't fought harder, right? And I think there's a lot of reasons why. Like, I think a lot of Republicans don't want the media attention. They don't want to have to fight the media and the Democrats, a lot of that. But what Trump taught the Republican Party and certainly this next wave of sort of Republican blue collar working the, the party of the see the Republican Party as the party of the working class, individual freedom and liberty, small federal government, all all the same stuff. But the but the Trump 
taught this next generation of Republicans how to fight and and that the cultural fight is also important and it cannot simply be discarded. Hey, and some of us have been trying to teach libertarians that too. <laughs> <laughs> well, well, I, I so I I do think that 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 we can change the whole uh uniparty because there are times where I'm so frustrated at how the Republican Party operates. But the only way you change it is to get involved and, and be the change that, that you hope to see. But that that's why it's – we can stop. We can stop the insanity. You're talking about the U- USA and, and, and empire in decline, America in decline, or late-stage collapse. I don't, I don't, I don't, buy, I don't buy that. Uh, I think that good, strong leadership can change it. But in Penn, if we win Pennsylvania, we can stop the insanity of the radical left that all rests on Pennsylvania. I'm telling you that we can stop them from doing what they're doing to this country. And that's why Pennsylvania is so important. And that's why that's why the radical left and people like Chuck Schumer were running ads against me two weeks before I was even a candidate because they know how important it is. I look at some of this news, man, and I, I genuinely believe I just had a video taken off of YouTube. Oh, really? Yeah. yeah. Just right now. Yeah. I just got an email. Oh, wow. Is it a hard strike or episode I dropped today? Um, violates medical misinformation Uh policy. There it is. I I, I feel like, um, it really is a battle between good and evil. And I think many of these establishment cultists think it's a battle of good and evil too. And I think they're wrong about that because they're in a cult. They, they, they come out and they say, oh, all Trump supporters are in cults. These people who are, you know, eating horse paste, they're all, they're all insane. And the stories are often fake. I mean, they're often fake with, with the story about uh, Oklahoma being overrun with, you know, gunshot victims couldn't get. Oh, beds, right. Like, totally fake true. story. Totally fake story. Yeah, we have a story from uh, uh, TimCast.com about Jimmy Kimmel. Kimmel says unvaccinated Americans taking ivermectin should be left to die if they get sick. Actually, it's a little we'll break that apart. He actually said that if someone comes in who's unvaccinated eating horse goo, rest in peace, wheezy. And then he said, we still got a lot of Pam Dimwits out here. People are still taking this ivermectin. This, the poison control centers have seen the spike in calls from people taking livestock medicine to fight the coronavirus, but they won't take the vaccine. It's like you're a vegan and you're like, no, I don't want a hamburger. Give me that Alpo instead. One of the reasons these sea biscuits are opting for ivermectin is because they don't trust Big Pharma, which is fine, I guess, except for the fact that ivermectin is made by Merck, which is the fourth largest pharmaceutical company in the world. And even Merck is telling people to cut it out. So I'm not here to get into the medical debate with Jimmy Kimmel. I'm going to talk about the, the overt callousness. Mm. There was another story I saw from this mainstream journalist who said, we need to stop shaming people who are doing things we don't like. And the reason was, she said, when these stories like with Jimmy Kimmel come out, when the Oklahoma story comes out, her dad turns it off and stops listening, saying, this is negative. It's lies, it's manipulation. I don't want to hear it anymore. So they outright don't trust the media. They don't trust Big Pharma. I think it's a fair point to say we shouldn't like the, the fact that he's like rest in peace, Wheezy. That's insane. That's like a dark thing to say about mm-hmm. someone. How about what if he said this? Rest in peace, fatty. Oh, what's that? You had a heart attack and you're overweight. Too bad. No, we don't do that. We say we're going to try and save you. Well, we don't do this. We, we don't do this with the flu. Mm. You know? Yeah, I people mean, have a choice to get flu shots. I understand they're different. It's, it's, it is. It's, it's different. But we you don't shame people for getting sick. And, and it's almost like it's it's the reason why it's so dark is is he's he's cal you said he's callous about it. he's almost wishing for it to happen, and that's just so wrong. These I'm 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 really angry, man. I just gotta say I 
the media is the most destructive, vile, and disgusting entity in this country. And I mean the corporate press, because when they come out with this stupid BS about Oklahoma call centers and, and, and CNN says livestock, you get people so distrustful of our institutions, they literally go to Tractor Supply instead. That's your fault, Jimmy Kimmel. That's your fault, Aaron Burnett. If you people weren't so despicable, maybe people might actually say, you know what? The vaccine, my doctor says, is a good idea. Instead, now they're like people messaging me saying they don't even trust their own doctors anymore. And I'm like, well, well, look, I understand being mad at the mainstream media and people like Jimmy Kimmel being vile, disgusting, despicable people. But yo, to then turn around and say, I'm going to distrust all institutions. This is the problem I have. I don't blame the regular working class person. I don't blame the regular person who's confused by this. I blame these vile people like Aaron Burnett who come out and say Joe Rogan's eating livestock medication, which is a absolute lie. I'm almost swearing on this one because this is why I'm reading this story. I'm reading this quote from Jimmy Kimmel and I'm like, isn't it crazy that there are people willing to go to tractor supply instead of going to a doctor? That's your fault, CNN. That's your fault, Aaron Burnett. That's your fault, Jimmy Kimmel. Is is Jimmy Kimmel, is that monologue? Uh, is that on YouTube right now? Oh, probably. Be- because this is the point that I was making about. So Jimmy Kimmel can go on to YouTube and advocate for violence and death against a certain group of people, and that's fine. And this is what breeds yep. the distrust and the contempt and the anger. What about on Twitter? You have people saying, oh, if people aren't vaccinated and they get the coronavirus, they shouldn't be they shouldn't be hospitalized. So what they're basically exactly. saying is that people who decide that they're going to ignore ignore what the professionals say and go out and maybe contract the virus shouldn't get medical advice. Wow. I, I wonder if somebody would have said that in the 80s during the HIV. Mm-hmm. It's just a horrible thing to do or say about during anybody. the AIDS thing. It's just a horrible thing to do yeah. or say about anybody. And you want to be for universal health care and think health care is a human right. Tell Jimmy Kimmel to go shove it. Because if you're one of these Bernie Sanders supporting progressive socialists and you think health care is a human right, that doesn't matter if you're overweight. Then it doesn't matter if you're, I don't know, you eat Legos. Are we going to, if some guy sticks a fork in an outlet, don't do that. Are we going to be like, no, it's his fault. He chose to do it. We're going to be like, this man needs help. Save him. These people are evil. They're evil. They're the ones who go on TV and mock. Here's my favorite example. Donald Trump ordering a well done steak with ketchup. Brilliant move. Trump's a smart guy. Legend. You you remember this? Straight legend. Yes. Yes. Do you remember this? Which when one? Donald Trump ordered a well-done steak with ketchup. Oh yeah, yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know why that was a master, a master, a master stroke, a genius maneuver? It's 4D chess, baby. Because the media came out and made fun of him for doing it. They made fun of him for having this fancy steak well done with ketchup. Haha, ha, what a moron. And then regular people who aren't wealthy, who can't afford filet mignon said, I get my, my steaks from the local supermarket, from the Savon or whatever, and I put ketchup on it. Trump was more relatable. One of the greatest gifts that he gave this country, uh, and I think so many of his policies were just so good for, for the country, but, but, uh, the fact that he did expose the media for who they really were. I mean, there was always sort of like a, a, a veneer, like of maybe, maybe not. Well, there's a, a liberal bias, but Trump exposed them for just exactly who they are. And I, they've never quite recovered 
well, they've never recovered at all. The media has almost no credibility anymore. You you you, you were mentioning politicians getting bullied by the press. Mm-hmm. I mentioned Fauci. Fauci is is talking on some show. I can't remember who, Samantha Guthrie or something. And he was asked about, well, if one mask works, why not two masks? And he says, yeah, it's just common sense to wear two masks. <laughs> and then and then he comes out later on TV and says, no, there's no guidance saying to wear two masks. Then the CDC later comes out and says, wear two masks. Because it is true also that there are people in government who are pressured by the media. I don't think there's a grand conspiracy. I certainly think there's interests in government and corporations that have influence and affect things. What I think is happening is we are a country of... I'll be careful. We have a lot. We are a country of a large number of cowards, absolute cowards. And so that means when the crackpots say stupid things, regular people say, leave me alone. I don't want to get involved. We talked about institutions not being trusted in this. So did you see the story that broke today? The CDC tightened masking guidelines after threats from teachers union. Yeah. Yeah. This this is why everything is political. The radical left has penetrated institutions to the point where average people don't trust don't trust our institutions anymore. The system and, is and for broken. good reason, right? And so I, I I think Trump exposed a lot of that, and I think ultimately that it makes our country in in the long haul. I think it makes our country a better a better place because the hope is is that people will start thinking critically again but but we need to start mitigating the fact that the left is in charge i mean and i really honestly believe the only way that you can do that is to without bringing secession into it how about local politics i mean really make local politics more important like so gun laws i don't think there should be any gun laws i think the second amendment is you know and i agreed i yeah i (laughs) i I catch crap for this because i don't know about constitutional gun laws according to somebody and um but so what did texas just do texas just said that if a, a suppressor is made in texas you can go in and you can buy it without your 200 dollars nfa tax stamp the reason they can do that is because they tell the Texas Rangers, they tell local police that if the ATF comes in, don't don't coordinate with them. Right. Don't give them any cooperation. That's what small towns should be doing. Yep. And small so towns have, should be like, I mean, it, the, the ATF defense, then doesn't know who has it. And then, and then there's the fact that my friend Michael Bolden from the Tenth Amendment Center looked and said, like in 2014. The ATF, uh, the DEA did not have the budget to bust every dispensary in Los Angeles County once. Wow. So they don't have the kind of budget that we think that they have. So I think local politics is just really the way forward. And I think that's what's going to, that's what's going to mitigate all this left craziness. I mean, it's, you just, if you're in a right town, if you're in a town that leans right, Talk about talk to your neighbor about it. I'm moving to a smaller town. I got to talk to neighbors like the second day I was there, and hmm. I, that was better than anything I had done in Atlanta in 15 years. And you should be organizing, and you should be talking so, to people about how talking to the police. I mean, the problem with the police. I, I mean, I think there's a big problem with the police in this country. They just have too much to do. There's just too many things for them to do. I mean, they should be investigating crimes. I think the numbers are that they show up to stop a crime uh, less than 5% of the time. So they're basically investigators. So make them investigators. Make them the best investigators possible. I, I think you're so right about the 
the the local politics, and it's something that the left has understood for a long time now. And, and they will actually recruit county commissioner candidates and move them to states where they think that they can win. And you have people like very, very wealthy leftists and they, they, they rolled out their digital fundraising platform and act blue before, far before conservatives had our own response and win red. There's essentially the exact same platform except for there's an algorithm base. It's sort of like the Netflix of giving. If you like this guy, you might like this guy. And as you get more donors, you have a bigger Rolodex. You can raise more money and raise it faster. Well, the left has a big head start on Republicans in that, uh, in that regard. Mm-hmm. Um, but, the, the left has, underst- has understood for a very long time that you've got to organize all the time. You can't stop. You can't just organize for an election and then everybody goes home. Yeah. And this is something that I, I, I've been working really hard at in Pennsylvania is, is telling people that, hey, we have to organize all the time. Because the number one thing that I get on campaign is, what, well, what can I do? You know, I'm just one person. I'm like, well, that's enough. Like, get out there, bring people together and organize and advocate for the things that you believe in. Get behind candidates. It might not even be me, but get behind candidates that you believe in. Help them make phone calls. Help them knock doors. Talk to your neighbors. Talk to the police. Get involved at the local level. Organize 24-7 because that's what the left does, and that that's 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 the pathway to victory. That's how we save this country. There's a dude in New York. He put up a video where he's going around with these flyers saying, we do yes. not discriminate on race, creed, uh, you know, um, vaccine or unvaccinated. We welcome all. And he says a bunch of stores agreed to put the signs up. And so he just went out. And now all these businesses are saying, like, we're not going to adhere to this mandate. One person. One guy. Amazing. And so I'm, I'm like, Amazing. people in New York should be doing this. Yeah. Yeah. That was so, great. Yeah. People in New York I should I be. I didn't hear this. That's cool. Yep. Yep. So I, I tweeted him out and I, you know, included his handle. I don't have it pulled up. Otherwise... You know, but uh, you can go to my Twitter at TimCast and then you can see the video he made. And he's just some dude. He doesn't have a big account. He's not some prominent activist. He like made the video. He put it up on TikTok and Twitter. Someone tweeted it. I saw it. I retweeted it. I told people in New York, get active. If you have a problem with what's going on, you can't just sit back and ignore it. That's exactly right. That's exactly right. And that's what we've been working on in, in Pennsylvania. And I think it's working. I think I really do think that 2022... I mean, first of all, we've got to win in 2021. I mean, you talked about like there's not going to be like if, you know, the left doesn't fear the an Antifa type response from right. the right. And yeah. I think by and large, I think that's a good thing. Like the right is like we're, we're law and order. We believe in that. And, and I think that's a good thing. Um, but you see it like we have our judicial races in, in Pennsylvania. We elect judges in Pennsylvania for some reason. I, I'm not sure quite how I feel about that. I don't like that um, because there's really no state contribution limit right so you can have like one super rich billionaire be like well here's a million bucks go win your judge race now all of a sudden as if you're a leftist you you mm-hmm. like almost all leftist judges uh legislate from the bench they don't follow the constitution they just legislate from the bench and so well anyway we have we have we have we got to win these we got to win in 2021 but i think we're going to i think we're going to because we you know in 2021 we won the ballot referendums in pennsylvania that 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 curbed governor wolf's unilateral authority to declare emergencies because he just like kept extending COVID emergencies like in perpetuity well we won that and as republicans by 139,000 votes so i think that people were waking up to this i I really do and you I, i i'm saying all this to say it's not just a feeling i see it empirically as well and I think going into 2022 with Biden is just he just destroys everything that he touches. I think people people see it and 
California will be interesting whether Newsom gets recalled because, you know, 538 saying that he's favored now. A bunch of polls come out saying, oh, it's over for the recall effort. You know, he won. We'll see. There was uh, there's one dude, uh, Colin Moriarty, posted a photo he got in Virginia of a California recall ballot in Virginia. What? How do you accidentally mail outside of your state for your own state's gubernatorial election? Whatever. But um, I think we'll, we'll see because I think a lot of Democrats don't like him. There's a lot of Democrats in California probably like enough they're with bu- this They're business owners. They're business owners and they, they watch their business collapse because of ridiculous government mandates. I mean, I think that – what, uh, California, have they even lifted their lockdown yet? Did they ever officially lift their lockdown? Remember that video of that woman who had the restaurant and she said – so- Outside, I'm, right? I'm not allowed to have an outdoor seating area, yeah. but right next to it is the craft services yes. for a movie production. Yes. And they're allowed to do this? Yes. It's insane. The it, rich get richer. The government in the last year – made people close their businesses, stay home. They actually made their loved ones die alone. And people listened. This is a huge problem. This is, this is a, this is a real issue. And if issue. you bring that up, people don't care. Leftists don't care. It dr- I mean, let, it, let's face it. I mean, the left is the one who has bought into this COVID religion. And they don't care. If you bring that up, then you're just, well, it's like they were going to die anyway. I mean, and we have another problem in this country with warehousing our warehousing our old mm. you know warehousing our grandparents instead of having three generation households like my family does in puerto rico it says a, a lot so that the, it's actually a really interesting point i i do think that the the breakdown of the family unit in in this country and even neighborhoods like when i grew up uh in and I, I, we had a neighborhood we would talk to our neighbors we'd go out and play in in the cul-de-sac with friends and i just feel like that doesn't exist anymore. People well, are more insul- insular. Insulated. Well, then, insul- then the restrictions and the lockdowns are a good thing, aren't they? What are we seeing more of? The great resignation. The job openings are not due to people necessarily getting free money. A lot of people have decided with unemployment, they're like, why, why would I look for work? So I think we'll see some – we're going to see a lot of jobs get filled now that the unemployment benefits are, are, are over. But a lot of people are have been resigning. Ten mil, I think 11 million in three months uh, from April to July – or from April to June. And why is that? Because they don't want to do these jobs anymore. They've been given a taste of remote work. What does that mean? When you work remote, you see your kids. You wake up, you see your kids, you see them off to school, you pick them up, you bring them home, you hang out with them. I think a lot of people realize they like doing that. So now you're, you're hearing a lot of stories about people saying, I don't want to go back to the office. If they don't let me work remote, I'll quit. And so businesses that can have remote are now, are, are now, are doing this. Take a look at what's happening in schools. Parents are getting fed up with schools. Well, if you work remote, you don't need a babysitter and you don't need your kid to be in the school. You can do a pod where you're, you know, 10 families put all their kids together and then hire a teacher together. It's super cheap per family. And then you have one teacher teaching all these different subjects. That's, I think, is going to restore a lot of family and community. And whether it's on purpose or not, I think you're, 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 you're going to start seeing a return to a lot of family values, parents teaching their kids. I think, I think there's a, there's a light at the end of the tunnel here. With, with I agree. I agree. If, 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 if they're, gosh, they're, I don't, I hate to even speak about it this way because, but, but people were paying more attention because of, of the pandemic 
and the lockdowns or paying more attention to what their kids are learning in school. And I think that's why you see just such intense passion around these school board races because yes. parents are finally like, wait a second, what the heck is this stuff? And so they're involved now. They're fired up. I mean, every, every week we see some, like some viral video of a parent at a school board meeting telling the board members what for and getting their mics cut and stuff. So that is certainly a good thing. And, and I do think that, that, teachers unions now you know i was when 9-11 happened and i joined the military i was an elementary education major i was trying to figure out how i was going to student teach second grade it's something that like i i think i have tons of respect for teachers like you know but but the teachers unions i think most people see them today for what they are and they're putting their bureaucratic needs of their union before the educational needs of the student and I think more people today that the whole pod concept that you talked about is is, yeah. is kind of interesting. It's fascinating, but school choice is something that matters to people. You know, I think people are going to want to want their kids to be home. Whoa, thunder! thunder nice. That's crazy. Yeah. Anyway, we should go to super chats. If you haven't already, smash the like button. Go to timcast.com, become a member. We're gonna have a members only segment coming up, which should be live around eleven or so p.m. And uh, like I said, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, smash the like button for Ian. I don't hear you. <laughs> there it is. I don't know if we Thanks. can hear uh, We got some good ones. Make 1984 Fiction again says, out of curiosity, Ian, how do you feel about Governor Northam's position on abortion? Keep the baby comfortable in a bassinet while mom and doc decide. I have no idea. I don't know anything about it. So uh, he was doing a radio interview and he said that when it comes to abortion, you know, uh, the baby could be delivered placed aside and then the mother and the doctor could go into the other room and make a decision about what to do with the baby what like a full-term baby yeah mm-hmm. like Born. birth yeah, that's too much Born. yeah and once brain activity <laughs> starts to work you're looking at a human so that's did, did you hear what what about the story i mean in, in, well in, so let me ask so like if if uh somebody is you know you know 35 year old dad walking down the street slips on a banana peel and hits his head and then he's in a coma and they're like we're not getting any brain activity but he's just in a coma. I mean, maybe he could come out of it. Is he not a human anymore? He could just pull the plug? Well, that's up to the person if they want to pull the plug at that point. But do you think, think they should be legally allowed to just terminate? I think they should. If, if someone is irreconcilably in a coma, according to modern medicine, they're like, there's zero hope. We have no hope that they'll ever come out. Then, yeah, well, they don't, have the right They don't know to. that. What if they're like, we don't know. I, so we're not getting any brain activity. I mean, it's possible he could come to and come back. I think, well, I mean, I don't know what the law is, but... Personally, I would I would wait out for hope, but it, I mean, if it was cost me forty thousand dollars a day, maybe like what's money? What's more valuable? My, it's the challenge of saying that brain activity is the determinant factor in in life. Yeah, in baby, in a baby formation, in a in a modern human, if someone's brain gets knocked out, I mean, they're gone. Basically, yeah, you're they're a husk. Do you see the challenge there, though? You're defining a person based on memories. But what are you other than your pre, your frontal lobe, your Tim Pool, your con, your self, you know, your ego? If that's stripped from you, then what? So then the government should have right to t- chop your arm The off. government? The government. Oh, just to, to destroy a, a dead body? No, no, or no, no. Like, oh, uh, if, if all you are is corpse? your memories and the rest of your body is, as long as you're alive, damage to your body is, is fine, right? Wait, wait. Uh, say that again. As long if as you're you define, alive? If you're defining life as a collection of memories and brain activity, then... Why should you have any bodily government protections? It, it, on any it's part still of your life. Body? It's still living. Like your muscle is a living muscle. It just doesn't have any human in it. Like so, it, it's, so, it's just, so, it would be okay for a doctor to cut your arm off. No, totally. Why not? <laughs> what no what kind of question is that? There's Why no, would you ever advocate to have someone cut your arm off? People do it all the time. It's called Ooh. body dysmorphic. Yeah, that's it's a dysmorphic behavior. It's not real. Right. It's not good. No, it's bad. Well, so now you're starting to set arbitrary morality on when you can and can't 
determinate life and what constitutes life. What's I'm not sure. I, I don't I don't agree with you that it's arbitrary. I'm talking about babies. Yeah. Brain activity in, in fetuses, developing fetuses, as different than someone falling and hitting their head. So, like, if a baby is uh, a baby is born and it's not functioning or learning, you think they could? So, so, so that's that's Northam's position. To be honest, Northam was talking about like he's well, he says he's talking about severe abnormality. A baby is born, and then they're like, "Hey, wait a minute, this baby's brain's not working." So they could take a fully birthed baby when the brain isn't working properly and say. Like a brain dead? Brain dead? No, like the baby's alive. So like autistic or some some sort of like... Yeah, limited brain function. Yeah. I don't think limited brain function constitutes brain dead. So no, that's different to me. So like, what if, what if, the, what if the baby has no functioning brain if capacity it's a, if other, it's like a, other than just like it's breathing? Then it's, a, it's, it's basically, it's not, a, I mean... So you agree with Northam's position? Yeah, if, if it's like, if you have a brain dead baby coming out of the, out of the woman and you want to abort that thing... Then yeah, it's not a human at that point. But it's if, moving if it has around, no brain. it's breathing. Well, if it's moving around, then it has brain activity. I mean, it could be. It doesn't. That's not necessarily. It might true. just be. Yeah, you were right. The, the, the issue I mean, was, what kind of life is? What What would you ever the, the issue wish is, that on someone to experience right. that? The issue is the assumptions made about what Northam was talking about, and you can take it two ways. One, that he was saying in any circumstance, a baby could be born and the, and the mother could decide, which technically would be the case. Or you can be more generous and say he was referring to severe abnormality, in which case, even in his position sounds like you would agree. I believe there are no circumstances in which a baby born that is alive should be executed. With with no brain? Like with a complete Even with brain no dead, brain. Just like Yeah, because I have, I, I have friends who, who have siblings who are like severely autistic to the point of like inability to live and they love them and they're happy that they're part of their families. Yeah. And it's yeah, like, I'm... Absolutely. So that that's that's like but brain dead. That's another that's another situation when it, when a body just lays there with a pipe down its throat and on a breathing apparatus. Well, I'm not saying that from from age. In, that's there, like you, brain dead child. But you you could you're saying a collection of your memories and your frontal lobe. There could be no higher function, and the and the body could still be breathing and functioning. And and I I have I have I have friends who have family members who they have feeding tubes. And don't you dare! I, I dare you go to them and say they should have executed that baby. Well, I wouldn't birth. never say should. I'm saying you should have the right to do that. I'm yeah, not the, saying the, you should, the, the, and and you'll get punched in the face. They should have the right. But there are certainly families not, that agree with you, and like I wish this child was never born. It's it's a burden who, on my life. You know, it's like, not up to me to decide for someone else about what to do with their child or their loved one if something happens to the brain. But I think that if if a brain dead animal lays before you that maybe we should consider having the right to destroy that animal for the betterment of society. Humans and animals are different. Well, humans humans are animals. But I think this was a good conversation so far. This is a good super chat because it allows us to to talk about the the deeper uh, questions over... Like, what do you guys think about it? Well, I mean... (laughs) I'm pro-life. Yeah, I'm (laughs) pro-life. I'm I'm pro-life. And when people start talking about whether what decisions should be made, I think about the fact that Iceland doesn't have yep. a down syndrome problem yep like they don't have a lot of down syndrome they children with down syndrome yeah because wow. they kill them in utero oh my god yeah and it's, you know yeah. what i think i mentioned and the, the, and the government forces it. them to do it yeah and the forces worst, yeah yeah it's, it's yeah. absolutely it's government it's, mandated it's horrific yeah the worst part about it is that one in five babies who are diagnosed with down syndrome are not diagnosed correctly which means that mm-hmm. one in five babies who are aborted in iceland could be perfectly fine and so therein lies the problem. Let's you say let's say there's a baby in the womb, and they're like, "Well, we're not detecting brain activity." And then you're like, "All right, terminate." And they were wrong. <laughs> it's the same argument out of the death penalty. 
that yeah. the, 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 whatever the percentage is that someone could be innocent, I can't. But I believe it is better that a hundred guilty persons escape than Ben, ben Franklin. I, than I, I, I agree with that. Suffered. But brain misdiagnosing autism is different than misdiagnosing brain dead. So I don't know if that's do people misdiagnose brain dead. The doctors make mistakes all the time, right? Yeah. And and I'm not, I'm, that's not to say don't trust your doctor. I'm saying well, pencil safe racers and doctors have don't rush to a decision like that. Yeah. I'm, I, I just thought this was a good a good question because it's not so simple. For a lot of people to just be like a lot of people take a simplistic view of it. Like, why would you ever terminate a baby? And I'm like, I'm sure there's somebody who's looking at a baby with such severe deformities. It might only live for a month. And that's a really difficult question then. Right. But I think the challenge is if a woman gives birth to a baby and you start creating exceptions, exemptions for when you're allowed to literally end the life of a born baby that's alive. It's like, yo, you're you're dancing on a slippery slope right now. And I don't want to start talking about where that goes. Because I'll tell you, safe, legal, and rare 15 years ago <laughs> turned into celebrate and, and your abortion with that comedian on Netflix. Shout your abortion. Yeah, shout your abortion. Let's, let's read some more, though. Clarence Games says, Sean Parnell, are you going to run for federal senate of PA since Pat Toomey isn't running? Yes, I'm running for it now. Ooh. Yes, I and I need your help. Endorsed by Trump. Oh, my gosh. <laughs> how, how did we not talk about this? Yeah, just recently endorsed by Trump. It was it was amazing, but yeah, we're we're gonna win. We're gonna we're gonna win the primary, and we're gonna win the general for sure. Tyler two two three says Metallica shirt. He has my vote. Oh, yeah. <laughs> you yeah. know Metallica. You know Metallica is underrated, and I I sort of grew up listening to to, to Metallica. Underrated uh, black album. Oh, well, no, well, see like the black. I like injustice for I like injustice for all. Like I I like stuff pre black album. Yeah, but I, the but lightning's incredible. It is amazing. But I, I Master of Puppets is amazing too. But I, I of course I like the black album. But then there was that weird fuel phase where yep. they cut their hair and got earrings and stuff. Load. But I'm just gonna go out and limb and say that they were delightful then too. I got I gotta ask. They were great. You're, you you're go. running for office, and you're not wearing a suit. You're wearing a Metallica T-shirt. I have to wonder if there's some like highly paid consultant who's like, Sean, listen, you go on the show. You want to relate to working class people? Wear a Metallica shirt. You know, you you know, I, I don't fit the mold of a of a typical politician. I, I just don't. Um, and, you know, I, there are people out there that are critical of me for what I wear. Um, but you know what? I, um, I am who I am and that's just it. And, uh, I, I dress appropriately. When I spoke at the convention, I wore a suit when yep. I'm, when I'm in, when I'm, <laughs> Trump, go, yep. yeah, well, yep. yeah, wear suits when I need to, but. Have you ever seen that movie, the, um. Hey, well, well, let me just say that. When do you ever see a politician in campaign season? Do they wear a business suit in the commercials that they run? Not usually. Not usually. Yeah, don't, Why? Don't they wear like polos and khakis? Yeah. yeah well, yeah, yeah, they, yeah. They, 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 I don't do that either. But my point is, is that there's a reason why when they're running ads in their district, they're not wearing a three-piece suit. It's because right. it's not. Have you ever it, seen the Adjustment Bureau? I think it's called the movie. Just oh, yeah, Bureau. that's yes. a good one. Yeah. yeah. yeah it, so it's basically in the beginning, he's running for Congress, I guess, and then he just has this moment of clarity where he's like, "This tie was picked for me by a consultant." These shoes are the perfect amount of scuffed. We don't want to look like slobs, but we don't want to offend the working class. And then everyone loves it, and then he ends up running again. But it's a, the movie's about you ask, ask my consultants about working with me as a kid. I kind of just sort of <laughs> kind of just do my thing. I, They're like, wear a Nickelback shirt. And you're like, that's wrong. <laughs> that's that's bad much. advice. That is too much. <laughs> <laughs> right, let's read some more. I can't. That's a, that's a bridge too far. Yeah, Nickelback's just a bridge yeah. too far. But you'll get the Nickelback vote. <laughs> what, the no. Canadian vote? <laughs> <laughs> In Pennsylvania, maybe, with maybe, mail-in yeah. ballots. I don't know. I don't know. Gone Fall says, Larry the Chad Elder for Gov. Mm-hmm. That's right. Michael Fernando says, great work, Tim Cast crew, important topics and interesting guests. Did y'all see Ron Paul's video about the great unraveling? Not feeling very good about the future of the U.S. and the world. Freedom must win. I haven't. I will check it yeah. out. That's interesting. 
Little Bear says, Tim Pool, I don't give legal advice. Also, Tim Pool, Joe Rogan should sue CNN. <laughs> New Zealand. <laughs> I'll answer that. New Zealand, we're banning knives. Evan, DMT, the Fed, like and share. Um, what I mean by specifically advice is like specific tactics. So when, when someone comes on the show and they're like, look, I'm not a lawyer. I'm not giving legal advice. But if you look at the law in this section and file on this and this, this, they're not saying like, man, sue them, sue them. Like that's a very, very blunt thing. Like I'll say, sue them. I'll say, go to a doctor and figure out what, what you need to help yourself and go to a financial advisor. Saying sue them is more on par with like, go to a lawyer and challenge them. I'm not saying that Joe should specifically use certain legal tactics or that I am giving him advice on how he should file his paperwork and what he should claim. That's a little different. But admittedly, legal, financial, medical device are all very different things, and there's probably different thresholds, but, uh, you know, that being said. All right, let's see what we got here. A lot of people saying Larry the Chad Elder. Appreciate yes. the super chats. Nemo Sundry says, I work in youth and housing nonprofit programs. An entire dependence victimhood culture is consuming the industry. I've been targeted and ostracized by social justice, going public, exposing the crisis. Real empowerment equals self-determination theory. Mm-hmm. Interesting. All right. Marlino TK says, I think Rogan should sue to help validate some potential uses of the so-called horse dewormer. Maybe it would provoke more trials and research. Oh. I think Larry should sue. Uh, Larry. I think <laughs> Joe Rogan should sue because uh, they lied about him. As to whether or not he has a case, I don't know. I can't advise him on that. I think you just sue to punish mm. a journalist. Mm -hmm. Yeah. Yeah. I think you just take every chance you can to take a scalp with these people. Yeah, I mean, Joe certainly has the resources to uh, do a legal carpet bomb. And there's no accountability for the false stuff that they push ever. They can yeah. push these false stories. They don't get banned. They hurt people in some cases. And the news cycle changes and no one's ever held accountable. Yep. So if you want media to change... You have to go at them when they commit grievous wrongs. Cal Miller says, Sean, did Trump give you his secret to looking younger now? Oh, usually people age 20 <laughs> years after being the president. This is this is I, I think we need to address this. Right. So yes. the picture that I took with President Trump has generated some controversy on the Internet. I've gotten, oh, that's a body double, or that's not really Trump, or the president had plastic surgery. Look, I don't Instagram know. Instagram filters. Well, maybe, maybe there was like photoshopping. Maybe, maybe there was a little face tuning going on. I don't know. Uh, maybe, no, no, it was a good, yeah. So, um, my people were saying it's, it's a good pick, but, but anyway, I met President <laughs> Trump and I, 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 and this was a few weeks ago and I thought he looks so good. He looks like he lost. 50 pounds he looks in the best shape of his life and and that is we're making this news here that is a a real picture of, of president trump he looks fantastic he looks yeah. like he's in really good shape but is it <laughs> is he doing that so that he can be healthy for 2024 you want you, i'm a betting yes. man if i'm a betting man he's running in 2024 yeah, Mr. Got, this is unofficial i don't know president trump never told me anything but like he's he is very, very fired up about oh, – yeah. he's got so many awesome things uh, working and he's planning and he's laser-focused on – I mean, he, he's laser-focused on taking back the House and the Senate. And we just got his endorsement the other day and that is a 
it's a game changer because even in the state of Pennsylvania, and there are a lot of people say, oh, you gotta, you gotta, you know, Pennsylvania is a tough spot. President Trump was the most popular Republican president in the history of Pennsylvania. That's wow. just by the numbers. Mm-hmm. And so, uh, yeah. He still has an unbelievable amount of support there, but yes, the real picture. It was a real picture. <laughs> Chance Jones with a question for Sean. What's your opinion on Afghanistan? And if you get elected in the Senate, will you actually do anything or what tells, uh, do anything or what tell us what your goals are? Well, well, how much time do you have on Afghanistan? Well, I think Afghanistan is a wholly preventable, uh, tragedy. I, I support after 20 years of war there, I support, um, uh, drawing down in afghanistan i mean i'm 40 i turned 40 in july we were we've been at war in that country for half of half mm-hmm. of my life it was time to come i was wounded there lost a lot of my friends in that country probably over 40 people that were very close friends of mine that i've lost in that country and so you know my number one promise to the people of pennsylvania is that i am not a um i hate war I've seen it up close and personal and I hate it. I think that America's sons and daughters are our most precious natural resource. And by God, if we're going to send them into the fight and sometimes that is necessary because freedom is worth fighting for and worth dying for. And sometimes our country is, is threatened, but by God, there's sure there's her sec better be a, a clear cut mission and clear cut end state because what happened in Afghanistan, uh, you know, 20 years of blood and treasure sacrificed in that country only to have Joe Biden throw it all away in eight months with uh, just a botched withdrawal plan. Um, didn't have to be yeah. this way. Mm. Boomchuck says, Tim, you spent the last few years telling everyone not to confront the left or to resort to the left's violent tactics. Don't call us cowards now. That is a absolute. That is an absolute oh, false wow. statement of fact. Okay. I've consistently said, stand up, speak up, and, uh, and and challenge all of this stuff. But I've specifically said violence doesn't work. Because it'll just be used against you because, well, for one, you're fighting uphill. Peaceful, persuasive, resourceful, gaining control of institutions, getting the right jobs. How many people on the right are applying at the New York Times? Get a hmm. job at the New York Times. There you go. Go apply. Go apply for a job there. Go apply to... Uh, go, every, uh, seriously, everybody right now, pick your media company. Gawker just restarted. Everybody apply. You live in New York and you're not woke. Well, apply for the job. Don't come out and start screaming MAGA 2024 when they're hiring you. But you get these jobs... You, you understand the place you work and you roll with the punches and then slowly start, you know, being friends with people and influencing, uh, influencing people. And, th- and there you go. Gain the, gain the, uh, the edge like uh, they gained in the institutions. We do the same thing back. All right. Let's grab some of these. Oh, what's this? All right. Let's see where we're at. We'll try and find a good one. Sean Bachman says Texas abortion law. Would it be possible to bipartisan pro-life legislation through that bans the death penalty and abortion? Oh, great question. Is it possible? Yeah. Absolutely not. The left would never go for that. The left is is, right. is so radically, radically pro-abortion today. That they this, add, this, that, that they, that they, that they refuse to vote for the born alive act that would protect babies that were born alive. Do They're, they even care about the death penalty anymore? Right, right, right. Is, is that even know? an issue that may, I don't know? Here's, 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 there's, there's, a, there's an interesting paradox, um, with the left. They claim the death penalty is wrong, but they're, in favor of abortion and they can't define when life begins. It's always different. You ask any, most people on the left will give you various answers. They can't define when life begins. I think like Ian, you mentioned it was brain activity. Yeah. Something like that. 
uh, but, first trimester ish. But I, I think that weeks, I actually that literally makes no makes no sense. You know, life begins at conception. When we have a, a human life is when the brain. I, I think that you're, it's a living husk of meat, and then eventually we become a human, and then you know, that's my like I don't, when I don't think that that's I don't I don't think that that's I, I don't know that the the science supports that. I, I, and I, by the way. I threw up in my mouth a little bit when it says the science supports that because I think it's just that term, trust the science, is like okay. so overused. But, I mean, I think it's pretty clear that at conception, it's a human life. Well, the zygote uh, is indistinguishable from other animal zygotes and only through evolution or through growth does it, it start it, to form. It's only human. life if you find that on Mars. Yeah. Yeah. Like if, 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 if we have uh, cells in a Petri dish, it's life. If we have uh, – and there's restrictions on like certain things you can do. And if you have like a, a fertilized chicken egg, for instance, it's living. And and you, I see have no what, you see what happened in the destroying mar- life. You see food. the mar- mm-hmm. Have you seen the March for Life this year? Uh, this this year, right? Um, there were more young people there than I'd ever seen before in my life, and I think the reason for that is is that the science is is on our side. I think you at- know it's pretty clear now that. At, at, at conception is the moment where human life. life I'm begins. not even like um, uh, hardcore about. I can tell. I can tell. And I'm not even. Yeah, but I, I think that it's inevitably going to continue. And if we try to make it illegal, we'll create a bunch of criminals. That's one of my big fears about legislating it. Hmm. So we got uh, Janet West says, Tim, the puzzle piece you're missing is that it's not uncommon for doctors to prescribe off-label drugs as long as FDA approved and safe. Uh, I'm not missing that puzzle piece. I think it's actually very simple, and that's why I'm telling people to go to their doctors. The weirdest thing to me is that people are like, yes, but my doctor, you know, can prescribe things off-label. I'm like, then why are you saying, like, why, what's your concern with me saying, I don't know, I don't agree, but your doctor will make the decision that's, that go, you know what I mean? Like, if it seems like people genuinely believe doctors will only tell them a mainstream narrative when we've literally had guests on the show who have talked about how their doctors advised them to or not to get the vaccine. We've had doctors or, or on the show that have talked about mainstream. Right, right, right. Yeah, exactly. Lots of them. And so I'm just like, I understand there's off-label prescriptions. That's why when Joe Rogan talks about what he was prescribed, I'm like, hey, that's between Joe and his doctor. Don't look at me. I'm not a doctor. Go talk to Joe's doctor if you're concerned, right? All right. Let's find uh, – let's, let's see what we got. All right. Let's see. Stephen Marsh says – this is for Ian. I think the best way to describe rights – is that they come from natural instinct. You have the right to self-defense because it's human instinct to do so when attacked. And, and other example, I don't have room for. I don't, I don't agree with that. I think that's, that's poorly put, but, but Ian doesn't believe in rights. That's not true. Well, yeah, it is. What do you mean? No, I mean, I think the way we derive our rights are, is up for debate. You know, in the Constitution, it says that they come from God. I feel like they come from the barrel of a gun. Yeah, the only rights, the only rights you have are the ones that you can defend. Yeah, I mean, th- th- then it, if it's a right, but you can't defend it, then it's a theor- it's theoretical. No, I, I think it's still a. I, I think you probably agree more with Ian on this than the right exists just because someone infringes upon it doesn't mean you've lost the right. It just means they've infringed upon it. But I mean, like Ecuador uh, tribes in Ecuador until like 1950 b- believed it was a right that you could just kill a tribe member and eat them. Right, but because people have a right to self defense, there's some things that are more discernibly true than than others, right? Like, oh, it's my right to kill Nietzsche. If that were the case, then you'd have to just submit to them doing it. But you have a right to defend yourself and say, nope, that's actually not your right because now I'm going to end you for trying to harm me. But rights are also cultural, though. Yeah, so so I, I agree and disagree. 
I think that there are certain things that are obvious and intrinsic. I certainly think there are people on the right and the left that believe that there are rights that, that are intrinsic that aren't. Like healthcare as a human right is, is not true. And there are certain things people think are rights. Well, actually, I think you have a lot of rights. A lot. I think mostly this refers to just what you can do. Uh, it's hard to define, but mo- typically without violating the you know non-aggression principle. Well, I, I don't. I don't know. Well, there's positive rights and there's negative rights. Right. And yeah, I think positive good, rights are mostly good. Libertarians believe in negative rights. Exactly. Yeah. If you meet a libertarian and you're like, "Wow, this person really sucks in everything they believe," and they sound like a leftist, they believe in positive rights. Right. But negative rights are where it's at. Yeah, positive rights. I think I'm sure there's a, there's a, some nuance here, but most mostly make no sense at all. Like healthcare being a human right is a positive right. That makes no sense. Someone has to give it to you or provide it for you. You can't force someone to do that. But I think if you're in the middle of the woods, you can do a lot of things that no one can stop you from doing. And that means there's a lot of really awful things you could probably do to yourself. Like you mentioned, putting whatever you want in your own body. I'm like, a lot of people would argue you don't have that right, but you literally do. You can eat a pine cone if you want. But I don't think that's I would, bad, necessarily. I would, I would recommend against eating a pine cone, but, you know, some people want to eat pine cones, I guess. I, you know, and there's also pica, and I think people shouldn't do that. There, there, there is, there is a challenge, though. I mean, if you saw someone eating pennies, wouldn't you stop them? Uh, would I stop them? Yeah. If I love them, I'd stop them. <laughs> <laughs> It's it, it's not it's 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 not always so easy. I guess there's a lot of things we think we if know. If I did, are... I'd advise against it. <laughs> All right, Little Tails Farm says Tim, we just got an eight by sixteen tiny home slash coop delivered today and started building our version of Chicken City. Gonna film it start to finish and post it on our channel. Thanks for the encouragement for this. Absolutely, we just started awesome. trenching for our Chicken City. We have five Black Star babies. Yes, they're so, so cute. Uh, yes, they are little poof balls. For those that aren't aware, and I'm not going to pretend to be an expert on chickens or anything, but we have a Rhode Island Red rooster, and we have barred Plymouth Rock hens, two of them. Well, the rooster and the hens got together. They had a whole lot of fun. Mm-hmm. We took the eggs. We incubated 12. None of them survived, except the Black Star. So Black Star is a sex link. It means that if you take the specific rooster and hen and put them together, you get a very specific offspring where the boys have little white spots on their heads and the girls don't, so you can easily tell them apart. But the crazy thing is if you then mix the Black Stars together, you don't get the same... You get a, just a, a, a mix. It's like it's it's really crazy how that works. And so there's a couple other I, I guess we can do. I think we we're able to do red star chickens as well that by hybriding with the red, red on the red rooster. So this, this will be a lot of fun. And then we have three goofy looking babies that hatched uh-huh. that we've been filming for a while. It's uh we we think it's two hens and a rooster. And uh, the rooster's name is officially Roberto Junior because mm. Roberto is the mm-hmm. rooster and it's his first son. And then we're trying to figure out the names. I guess it's Sally and Alex. We're naming the, the two hens. And the reason we chose Alex is because we think it's a hen, but we're not entirely sure. So, <laughs> hey, this name is safe. There you go. And then we're going to be building um, Chicken City. Now, the challenge is we have three Black Star roosters. I don't know what we're going to do with a bunch of roosters. Chicken City sounds something that would be like on The Office, like Michael Scott would come <laughs> up with, like in the break room. I, I, I cannot wait to see the, the finished product. Yeah, we're going to have cameras all around it, live stream 24-7. <laughs> yes. That's and pretty awesome. It's, the reason we uh, – it's been a long time coming is because we wanted to do it with the existing coop we have, but it's ill-equipped to handle the chickens properly. Hmm. And so we're rebuilding a better one so that it's easier for us to clean, easier for, easier for us to move in and out of and collect eggs and things like that, easier easier for us to put cameras. And the issue uh, – I'll, 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 you, you want, guys want, want to know why this is taking so long to get all this stuff done? No, 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 no people working. Nobody's mm-hmm. working. No mm-hmm. joke. We're, we're trying to find people who want to do a lot of the work and it's, it's, it's hard. 
uh, it's hard to find workers. And I know we have a lot of emails for a lot of jobs, but I mean like legit contractors who can be like, mm-hmm. I can hammer this out and get it done instantly. In the area, we're going as fast as we can. And it's not so easy, too. A lot of people are uh, – there's a lot of people also who are like, you know, I'll come out and I'll help. And it's like, yes, but it's also like getting the materials, getting supplies. Yeah. There are periods where it's like the guys who are working are like, yeah, we got to wait for the wood to come in. And it's just like the supply chain disruptions and labor shortages across the board ripple all the way down to us building a chicken coop. Yep. All right. Let's see what we got. What we got. Popular Liberty says chaos gives the state more power. Mm -hmm. That's my friend, Andrew. There you go. Cool. It's, well, yeah, yeah he, he has some ideas for local politics that are going to blow people away. Oh, exciting. Yeah. Andrew Brazuel says, very excited to see Pete on. Now that you've had him on, Michael Malice, Dave Smith, and Scott Horton, you only need to have on Tom Woods and Bob Murphy to complete your top-tier <laughs> Austro-Libertarian Murphy. podcaster collection. Bob Murphy, huh? Collection. That's a great idea. He was just on with Jordan he was just on with Jordan I know. Peterson. He's on my list, my short list. Watcher of Shadows says, I'm sorry, but the idea the U.S. should break up is stupid, unless you plan to learn Mandarin. I, I actually agree with that. Really? You, you, what did, what did uh, Hirohito say? What did he say? Blade, a gun behind every blade of grass? Yeah. I don't know that he actually said that, well, but course. it sounds cool anyway. But it, but, <laughs> but it makes sense if you know, once you get, once you get off the coasts. So I, I suppose the the bigger issue is, but if so, okay. So Switzerland has been sitting in the middle of Europe, a small country. I think it's twenty one cantons. It's broken up, and they've avoided war for over three four centuries now. They avoided two world wars. Why? Why is that? The banks are located. Everyone has a gun. Everyone. All of these things are right. Yeah. <laughs> but they're not a threat to anybody. Mm. And they're so, mountainous. So before gunpowder, they couldn't get taken. They'd try and they had these long pikes. I, I mean, the United, the United States has gone into – is dropping bombs in seven countries right, right now. And I think a lot of people look at them as a threat. Yeah, I think that's a really bad thing. But I don't think you, uh, the, the learned Mandarin is, impl- is implying that China invades the United States. It's implying that China's influence grows so substantially and controls so much of the resources of the planet. China's second largest mortgage company ever grand is their bonds were just taken off the market. What does that mean? That means that they, they're basically out of business. What happened? BlackRock took their... No. This is because China has done in 25 years to their economy what the Federal Reserve has been doing for a hundred years in this country. They've, their G, let's see, they were a hundred, their debt was a hundred percent of GDP in 1995. It's now 255% of, or 255 times, which is basically ours. So their debt's piling up. But the problem is they don't have a central bank. They don't have a Janet Yellen. They don't have a Paul Volcker to guide them and keep them going. Mm. They're financially dying right now mm-hmm. to the point where I can pull up articles of people calling for cultural revolutions and they're not calling for cultural and if what if these cultural revolutions happen it's not going to be pointed at us it's going to be pointed inwards at their own people I think that I, I think that China anyone who is saying that China is this insanely Insane threat as far as fi- financial systems go does not read David Stockman, who is Ronald Reagan's budget director, was in the White House with Ronald Reagan's budget director, um, d- doesn't read Zero Hedge, and 
just isn't up to date on what their economy is doing right now. I mean, they are dying. You, you know, everybody's like, oh, their GDP is so amazing. Yeah. Those cities that they build that no one lives in, that's part of their GDP. That's well, part, I, I that, thought it was like uh, like eight or so years ago people started moving in and they've been building up. No, they still have those cities. The ghost, there's a lot of yeah. them, but I'm pretty sure they start moving people in. Yeah. But they're at this point. So here's another great little stat. In this country, one percent of one per, uh, farming, either by machine, uh, either by uh, hand or by animal, is what is done by one percent of farmers. Thirty percent of the farmers in in China are still either farming by hand or plowing. Yeah. Mm. I mean, they're they have a higher rate of diabetes right now than we do. Jeez. Wow. wow. I mean, th- this is. Whoever is feeding, I mean, sure, of course they are to be worried about because they control, they're so big a part of our economy. But watch what's happening to them financially right now. They are in tons of trouble. There's a book by a Harvard professor called Unrivaled. He wrote it in 2018. He goes through all these demographics about China and just, and this is a war hawk. And he comes to the conclusion that these are we're, we're not supposed to worry about these people. And this is this is a this isn't a realist. This isn't an anti-war guy. This is a guy who would say, "Okay, we need to do something." And this book on rival just breaks it down as to why China is just in so much trouble. Hmm. We'll do one more. Ed's World says, "Does Ian believe in God?" Doubtful. Well. I think that there is, you gotta define God. That's, that's my lifelong goal, one of them. I think that cosmic microwave background radiation is likely interfering with matter, like solids, liquids, and gases, and causing what we perceive as God. So, I, I definitely, there's something there. Like there's a, you know, there's an, some, some, some energy flowing, whether or not it's intelligent, I don't know. It seems to move intelligently. You know, you know the way I see it is kind of like, do people believe that they are the supreme intelligence of the universe or at least that that there is life within the universe that is that there that there is nothing else above it or is there something above the universe the way i see it is like anything that exists within the universe is certainly below the the the, the construct itself or or whatever this higher system is that which we exist in so god clearly exists in that in that sense yeah, and Tim, a couple, like last week mentioned the, uh, like subatomic fluctuations and like, you see the spinners and all this. this so I, I talk about it like it's the CMBR, that cosmic microwave background radiation, but that's just like the radiation. That's just the energy, like the, I don't know if it's just electrons or plasma or what, but it could be, it's gotta be more than that. I, I see it like, do you think that the universe is a flat plane on which you are standing and it's meaningless and random? Or do you believe that the system in place is more powerful and above you? Or even beyond that, could there be something that exists beyond the universe as we know it? And I think even if we're looking at like M theory and you know multiple dimensions and stuff, then the answer is clearly yes. In which case, humans are so far away from any kind of higher life. It's easy to it's easy to say math should predict a higher form of intelligent life somewhere somehow, even if it's something we create with computers. But if that's certainly capable of existing, there's certainly higher powers than human beings. The problem is that people define God as like a guy in the clouds who's, you know, snapping his fingers to make things appear when it could be so far beyond our comprehension that we couldn't even describe. Yeah, it. I got to get away from the guy, God being a guy. That mm-hmm. that really disturbs me. When they say he gave us this, th- that I feel, feel like is brain, like Catholic brainwashing, patriarchy in I action. I think that's language 
and guy you know, calling it a man is weird to me. Yeah. Anthropomorphizing. Well, yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. We do that well, let's do this. We're, we'll, we'll go over to uh, start producing this here bonus members only segment. Yes. So make sure you go to TimCast.com, sign up. You can uh, smash the like button, subscribe to the channel, share the show with your friends. You can follow the show at TimCast IRL on Instagram, TikTok, Twitter, whatever. I don't, I, you, we'll put up the, you know, the <laughs> addresses. But you can follow me personally at TimCast. Uh, you want to shout anything out, Sean? Oh yeah, can I prom- can I oh, promote yeah. my book? Is that cool? So my, want. so my book just came out uh, a couple days ago, right? I think this week. It's, oh, cool. it's called Left for Dead. You've got a lot of books. I know I have five now. You've not <laughs> nice. read. You've not read any not of them. Single not a single one. Not a single one. Have you done the audio book? Uh, yeah, well, I don't read them, oh. but but someone does. Oh. Uh, but look, this the book is called Left for Dead. Um, what I try to do is like look at where we are as a country and say if we stay on this path, we could be here. Well, I mean. Sometimes I'm proud when I get it right. Uh, this time I'm not uh, because we've got Americans left behind surrounded by global jihadists in Afghanistan right now. We've got to do everything we can to get them out. But but this just this just came out like if you can manage it, grab a copy like it would be an honor. To, but, yeah, this is I'm, I'm psyched. I'm psyched about right it. Where do people get it? Oh, you can get it anywhere books are sold. Um, yeah, it's at anywhere, Amazon, cool. whatever. But this but try is... to find it somewhere other than Amazon. Yeah, <laughs> <laughs> or whatever. I guess whatever, no. As much as I don't like Amazon, the, the the great thing about it is if everyone buys the book and it gets it to number one, then mm-hmm. that's free promotion on a massive platform. This, this, yeah. this look, it is this a huge deal? Uh, to to it's very very difficult to to make the New York Times bestseller list. I I have made that list before. I am a New York Times bestselling author, but but for fiction, it's really hard. Because you'll have, you know, John Grisham Coons, and Steve, yeah. Stephen King and Harry all these Potter. heavyweights. That, yeah, yeah. Uh, J.K. Rowling that will have books on there all year. And so it's hard for a guy like me to, to make it, uh, on that list. But also if, if it, it, the Senate race, right? And, and polit- politics. If, if saving this country is so important, is important to you, then, then contribute to my campaign because it, it's just, my campaign is driven by small dollar donors. We had 45,000 individual donors, uh, uh, in 2020. It, if I'm beholden to anybody, it's to the people. And if you want to win, if you want to save this country, we have to win Pennsylvania. So go to parnellforsenate.com and, and chip in if you can. Uh, how many L's in Parnell? Two? Two. two parnellforsenate.com. And, and then, and yeah, yeah. Help me win Pennsylvania and save America because, because we have to. This is a zero sum game in 2022. Cool. So, Free Man Beyond the Wall podcast. Obviously, if I'm having videos taken down off of YouTube, I'm probably doing something <laughs> right. <laughs> yeah. And um, check out our documentary on Amazon: The Monopoly on Violence. Uh, thanks for thanks for coming, guys. I've been really beat up about this Afghanistan surrender. It's it's almost almost destroyed my mind. So thanks for being here with us uh, the last week. And this last week's been really rough for me too. So, so apologize if I've come off a little aggressive, but, uh, how are we going to do? I don't know. Thanks yeah. for being here anyway. Catch yeah. you later. Thank Love you. I started listening to Peter's documentary on the way to pick him up this afternoon and it is a wonderful documentary and it, they start way back in history, which is exactly what I want from my documentaries. I want to get the full story and it sounds awesome. So check out the Monopoly on Violence. Thank you. By Peter Quinonius. And you guys can follow me at Sarah Patch Lids on Twitter.com as I attempt to have more followers than Sarah Patch Kids. Very important. <laughs> we will see you all over at TimCast.com in the members segment. Should be up around 11 or so p.m. Thanks for hanging out. We'll see you there. Bye, guys. 
It is Ryan here, and I have a question for you. What do you do when you win? Like, are you a fist pumper? A woohooer, a hand clapper, a high fiver. I kind of like the high five, but if you want to hone in on those winning moves, check out Chumba Casino. At chumbacasino.com, choose from hundreds of social casino style games for your chance to redeem serious cash prizes. There are new game releases weekly plus free daily bonuses. So don't wait. Start having the most fun ever at chumbacasino.com. No purchase necessary. DTW, avoid, we're prohibited by law. See terms and conditions 18 plus.